Welcome to The Real Deal Report, the next level of independent news. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Night Live. I'm your host, Mike Barra. I appear to have a hole in my head and my arm on this Zoom uh, green screen. It doesn't, or StreamYard, it doesn't work as well as the Zoom green screen. So uh, nice to see everybody in here. Christian Helwig, hi. Tony St. Aubin, hi, sweetie. How are you? Scott Clark, um, Jeff Stewart, Brooke Lombardi, Annie Naki. Oh, Scott's already here with his list of the uh, five best songs. That's a very interesting list, except for the Elvis Presley one. That sucks. But um, <clears throat> Mike is here from Michigan. Christian Helwig, all the way from uh, Europe. Wow, that's pretty creepy looking. I look like that disease they had in that one Star Trek episode with the little kids. Um, I looked at the time to wait, and it was 3.33. Very Masonic. Solar Ghost, how are you? Angie, welcome. Is it live now, or I'm just, uh, yeah, you're just waiting for me. Um, find your own truth is here. Candace is here. Candace is going to come on a little later. Glenn Claddock is here and Dan is here. And I guess my biggest question for everybody out there right now, we have 45 people before we get started is what are you drinking tonight? That is the question. Cause this is Saturday. We are allowed to drink on our Saturday night live streams. Unlike our daily real deal report show. Hi, Tony Arnett from Kentucky. I am drinking, I am drinking a Beaujolais wine, Louis Jadot Beaujolais villages wine from France. It is a French wine. It's a sweet dessert wine. And I really like it. And man, I may have to turn this freaking green screen off. Cause I'm, I'm looking alien shit here. Why don't I bring Casey Jones in? And find out what the heck she thinks about that. What do you think about my, what's going on with my body? It looks like I'm being taken over by aliens, Casey. How just, just a little bit there, but I mean, I think I'm having a little bit of problems over here too, but hello. Happy Saturday. We yeah. Made it, made it to a Saturday. How are you? Good, good. Uh, did, did anything happen in the news in the last couple of days we can talk about? Because it seems really boring here. Oh. Uh, I can't think oh. of anything. Oh, no. Just what's like, you know, all over all the headlines everywhere, you know some little yeah. RGB news, but I think we knew about that a while ago, right? Right, right. We did. Let's see. And I change my fade. Oh, by the I way, I'm, I'm drinking tequila and a Pamplemousse um, LaCroix. Cheers. Oh, everybody. good for you. Well, cheers, cheers. to everybody here. Mm. Wine sounds Let us know in the comments, folks, what you're drinking tonight. Well, we're going to have a bunch of guests tonight. I've invited several. Um, I actually may have a rare appearance, first appearance, by my friend, the mechanic. I'm going to just check with him and invite him on. Tara Leibitt says, what are you up to? Hmm. Well, about six inches, Tara, usually. Such an open question. Just so dumb. Why would a girl even ask you that? Uh, okay, hang on. Uh, you should be drinking in the Star Wars Cantina, Mike. That's a great idea. That's a good. Oh, uh, hey, hey, there you go. Background. Star Wars Cantina. Right, let me go look for that. Tell Perfect. you what, 
I'm going to turn things over to you for a minute. And um, green tea, you Candace, go ahead. I'm usually and, a green uh, tea drinker. Yeah, you go ahead and whoops, how do I switch to you? That's the question. Whoops, that's not what I want to do. Dean's got this all down now. I want to switch to you. I guess I could, I could uh, stop my mic. <clears throat> I can't hear you anymore. I can't hear you anymore, but I'm just, I guess. You're not That's the, the thing, the streamer. There you you're are. Supposed to hear me. I'm going to shut off and go get a Star Wars Cantina background, and you're going to talk to the audience for about 30 seconds. Perfect. So, so you to do you. It. All right. Awesome. Okay. So awesome. I will be out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the live stream. I'm super excited to uh, be here on a Saturday Night Live. Um, I'm glad everybody has a cocktail in hand. I see some with green tea. Usually, when I drink out of this drink, it is green tea. I like to put green tea, um, just green tea bags in my water. It helps me drink lots of water throughout the day. So usually, that's what I'm drinking. But today, it's tequila and pamplemousse. And I like that because it's low-cal and it does the job. So so glad you guys are all joining us. And um, I think there's going to be a few of us coming in here tonight. So I'm excited. Um, I know there's lots of hot topics. We got the RGB story. I mean, how can we obviously not talk about that for a little bit? Um, I'm going to be on the mic train and just say that she's been out for a little while. I thought she'd, you know, she's been on ice for a little while. Let's be real. So and all of us that have been paying attention, everything is coming to a head. And I think that this is uh, all part of the plan. So what perfect timing, right? Um, and, you know, we're going to have all that uh, Supreme Court justice nonsense going on. I'm sure the rights are going to get worse. All the things we've been talking about and following this whole time. Um, it's just another part of the movie that we've been watching. That's how I like to look at it. And every time I think I know exactly what's going to happen, whew, my mind's blown. And it changes something else. So it's fun. What a great time to be alive, right? So I'm excited. Watch your speed with that tequila. I mean, you know fun times it's saturday been homeschooling all week i mean how many of uh, of you guys are doing the whole virtual school thing that's a whole lot of fun right um yeah it's been it's been definitely a week so all right well hello thank you, thank you for that introduction here i guess i have to do this when my screen is on okay it's like all messed up well lit blue or green screen is required yeah i know that's what i'm trying to do here guys so hang on hang on while we get through all this stuff that we haven't done before okay i seem to have royally screwed it up so i can only get a green screen so we'll have to try to fix that later oh tv's blake wally is going to join us yeah welcome uh, to saturday night live what uh, what else are we drinking here uh corona oh corona's is just nuts just friends let's get loaded let's do that I'm going to bring in TV's Blake Wally now and add him to the stream. How are you doing tonight, Blake Wally? How are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, sorry, I was late. I, I just realized I, I didn't actually have StreamYard on my computer, so I had to... Uh... Yeah, I mean, you're here bitching at me like 30 minutes ago. Mike, are you okay? Are we going to do this? And it's like, you're not even ready. One time. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't know if we were going to be uh, canceling the show or anything. I was like, he's, M he's MIA. No one's uh, seen or heard anything. Well, no, I, I didn't I know what shows, uh, topics to cover, but uh, no, I, I'm glad you're here. It's great to be here. I would have, I would have let you know if, uh, would have let you know if that was the case, Blake Wally. Yeah, no, we were uh, just uh, worried about you. No, I'm, I'm alive and well. 
I'm, I'm actually there good. Thank you. I'm very good. Okay. Well, it's great to have you guys here and we're going to have a fun show tonight. And again, I, I think that uh, I'm going to start with a little news and we're going to talk about what's been going on. 103 people in the chat already. Good for you guys. Um, Mike, Ruth finally kicked a bucket. Mike, do you think she died when they say she did? Uh, like Casey, I agree with this. Her premise, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, again, Secret societies, and it's really interesting because Kristen Megan gave an interesting answer. I think it was on Friday on the show yesterday, where she said she was talking about certain classified programs, and she said, "Well, I can answer certain questions if you ask them, but I can't initiate." This is the way it works in government in secrecy. I've had secret clearances before, and uh, that's the way it works. And you can only give certain answers, but you can only answer. You can only put the information out if you're asked directly about it. So it's part of the process of not lying. And I think that when they absolutely, you know, absolutely when they put out that uh, view of Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying, I'm I, I, like, what uh, was a Chiron on Fox News in January of 2019. I think that's when she actually died. And I think that they've been pumping out faking, you know, body doubles, deep fakes. There were some videos where she was wearing the exact same clothes walking through an airport that she had one walking, worn walking through an airport two years previously. So give me a break. It seems like a bunch of bullshit and it wouldn't take very much. Um, it wouldn't take very much for, um, you know, them, them to simply have clerks or other Democrats, uh, operatives or justices write her opinions. And it would be really interesting to see a legal scholar, one that you could trust, go over her opinions from Supreme Court cases from the last year, year and a half versus her writing style before. I wonder if it would be the same or not. I kind of tend to doubt it. So, um, you know, it's very interesting stuff. Blake, you got anything to chime in on the question of whether or not Ruth Bader Ginsburg died yesterday or died a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago or died a year and a half ago? I would say uh, definitely earlier than uh, was announced. If it was like on a Tuesday or something, I I'd, I'd might try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But um, when it's, uh, you know, normally they have like the, the uh, Friday news, Friday news dump, but that was a particularly uh, extended one. That was like a late night Friday. So yeah. it was like way out of the news cycle when nobody could talk about it right on the weekend. It's, I, I don't, you know, the timing is very suspicious on that to me. So I would say, yeah, they were holding her, her on ice. I mean, Fox, um, you know, people could say anything, but you don't make those kind of mistakes where you announce the deaths. I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I think they, they knew about it. They got it confirmed and somebody there really wanted to be the first person to break that story and maybe they pulled it. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it, the thing about it is, is that I'm kind of trying to figure out here, sort out, um, the exact sequence of events. And you would think if this was planned to announce this on this particular night, that they would have been better prepared because Joe Biden came out and gave this staggeringly, mind-numbingly bad speech. And he, he just kind of drifted and wandered through his talking points like he was reading them off a teleprompter, which we know he did, took no questions, was only up there for like 10 minutes at the most. And then they got him the hell out of there. And then today he announced, oh, no appearances by Joe Biden today. No campaign appearances. And again, you're 47 days away from an election and you're not going to make any campaign appearances. That's pretty bad. You should be out there every day if you've got any. Um, <laughs> Tara, yeah, thank you. If you've got any, um, 
if you've got you know any hope of winning the election. You simply, given that Trump was giving a, a, a speech last night in Bemidji, Minnesota, a town I'm familiar with, he gave a hugely energetic speech just a few minutes ago in North Carolina. He's out there. He's all over the place. The one thing Trump's not doing is he's not he's not contrasting his schedule with Joe Biden's yet, but that's a thing for another day. He can still start doing that in a week, 10 days, and just point out, where's Joe? You know, they always say, where's Hunter? Where's Hunter Biden? Well, where's Joe Biden? He's hiding in his basement. This does not seem like a time he should be hiding in his basement, having staffers write tweets for him. So um, it does seem odd to me that that's, that's the situation. Um, now, I think that you could also say that they did know about it. But as we read on that leak that we had last Saturday, I think that the thing, the leak on 4chan or 8chan, that um, they say Biden has his good days and his bad days. And sometimes he has two or three bad days in a row, in which case you're just not going to see him. And the press, of course, goes right along with it, never asking, well, where is he? Is he sick? Is he okay? Um, and it could just be that he had a bad day. He was having a bad day yesterday. He's having another bad day today. And they literally could only risk putting him out there for five or 10 minutes. And he was just so out of it that that's the best he could do. So um, I suspect that, the, you know, that's a, a, entirely a possibility. If you cannot control when he has his good days and his bad days, then it makes sense. Now, a couple other things, things that have been, I think, really interesting that have come out. Um, first of all, Mitch McConnell has said, we're going we're gonna to have the Congress, the Senate, vote on the president's nominee. The president has said, I am going to nominate somebody. The president has said, I'm going to nominate a woman. He said that tonight. I don't think that there should be, you know, a genitalia requirement for a seat, but I do like this, um, this Catholic judge. I forget her name. Um, I think she's very solid, very ethical. I would love to see the Democrats try to beat up on her character of basically assault a woman of religion who has seven kids, I think, two of which are adopted children from Haiti, where the Clinton Foundation left that entire country in a shambles and all the child trafficking that went out of there. Good luck on that one. Good luck on attacking her on that. So that might be a very good choice. There's a couple other names that have popped up. Uh, allegedly, there's even a black woman, but she wasn't born in the United States. And I'm I'm a little iffy on some of these. And some of them don't have the greatest track records on cases. So I think she's probably the most solid if you're going to pick a woman. But the bottom line is they're going to slam dunk this thing through. And there's plenty of precedent for having, um, having these sorts of um, uh, hearings and votes taken well within the 47 days um, that we're going to have before the election. They said, oh, on average, it's 60 days. Well, so what? That's the average. A lot of these things are drawn out so that the opposing party, primarily the Democrats, can dig up dirt um, on the nominee and try to come up with a way to attack them at the last minute, like they did with Brett Kavanaugh. There's no reason it should take that long. Byron Wizard White, who is uh, a former football star, played in the NFL for years and was later named a Supreme Court justice in 1950. His Senate hearing lasted one day. He was asked one question, it was adjourned, and he was confirmed to the Supreme Court because everybody knew what a stand-up guy was. And that was when the Supreme Court was not political. It's been horribly politicized since the late 1960s by the Democrat Party. I have to say it, it's by them. And, and it's not really both sides. It's primarily the Democrats turning it into a partisan position, a partisan um, political appointment. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was among the most partisan uh, judges that have ever sat on the bench. So I don't really miss that, you know, oh, what great service. Well, no, her service was not great because she twisted and a torn Def different opinions to try to help 
um, and vote on things that she knew were unconstitutional. So I don't really feel like she was much of a jurist. Uh, the funeral is going to take place. It looks like the nominee is going to be next week. Now, there is something really interesting that I did here, and I don't know if it's true and I haven't seen it confirmed, which is that under some you know arcane Senate rules that, in fact, it may not be a requirement to even hold a hearing if the president nominates a sitting senator. If the president were to nominate a sitting senator like Ted Cruz, I hear it can go straight to a floor vote, which it, as it stands now, the Republicans would win, at least at a minimum, Mike Pence would cast the 51st vote. It's also really interesting because you've got Susan Collins of the usual suspects, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, who please God, Sarah Palin, run against her in Alaska in 2022. Um, and, um, and um, you know, you got Mitt Romney, who's all wobbly need. And they're saying, well, you know, we really should let the next president be the one who picks it, you know, as if there is some precedent. And there isn't. The precedent is, is that when the Senate and the, and the presidency are held by the same party in an election year, they've gone ahead and voted and, and placed people on the Supreme Court. It's been done many times. It's only when the one party holds the, the White House and one party holds the Senate that it's been not okay to put that person up for a nomination, which is what happened in 2016. So they're completely different situations. So you got these wobbly need people, but it does look like uh, it does look like it would go through. The problem with somebody like Ted Cruz is, is that he's, you know, not a woman. And Trump just said he was going to nominate a woman, which I suppose is to appease the women's vote. I, I just think Trump wants to see the Democrats viciously attack a religious conservative woman, Catholic woman, <laughs> who's got seven kids about her character. I think it's a, it's a real setup. So I think we're gonna get another conservative on the court. Um, and, and it really is just a question of whether the vote is held before or after the election. So um, that's kind of where it stands now. And it's been really hilarious with everybody tweeting out, oh, what Chuck Schumer said in 2016, which is that no matter the situation, the president should have his nominee brought to the floor, he said in 2016. So it's like, okay, Chuck, we agree with you. And then the Democrats are doing the same thing as the Republicans. So anyway, guys, what are what are your thoughts? What I'm just going to get uh, start with Casey. You got any guesses about who's going to be the nominee? And if you do... What do, you, what do you think it's going to do to the political situation? Because what I think it does is it shuts down another <laughs> escape route, another avenue for the Democrats to try to steal the election if, in fact, they don't win it, which I don't think they're going to. I think you're spot on. I am so excited to see what's going to happen because I feel like Trump just has all of this in the plan and then he just plays the card. You know, he pulls it out of his back pocket. He's really going to get them into a tailspin if he does nominate this woman who you're calling. And I think that'll definitely, um, it, it's just going to expose them more, right? I mean, I think that's just going to expose exactly yeah, I, the type I should of people really look they are. Her name up. Yeah, I should really look her name up. Um, so go ahead. Yeah. Blake, uh, what do you think? Any wild guesses about who's going to... Um, no, it's uh, intriguing that you bring up Ted Cruz because I wasn't even uh, thinking about, yeah, they can actually bring us somebody from the Senate. And I know his name has been up there before. I, I think that's his goal at some point. I guess it's whether uh, they can fill that seat again with uh, somebody to replace them. But you know, obviously, the Democrats are going to do everything they can to uh, you know, push this back, um, like Scalia, and uh, yeah, try to pull up everything they can. It doesn't matter like how squeaky clean anybody uh, looks. Um, they're going to try to just manufacture something. But I think you're right with, with the... Uh, 
lady you just mentioned because you want to give somebody that that's really tough for the uh, Democrats so uh, to to attack. Um, so that's yeah, it's going to be an interesting challenge for all the strategists, I guess, back in Washington yeah. to uh, you know figure it out and then play this little chess match. So yeah, very I'm interesting more and more on this on this issue when we bring in when we bring in uh, Candace here in a few minutes. Uh, okay, uh, yay or nay, up or down. Casey, do you think that Trump's nominee gets a vote on, on the Senate floor before the election or before the end of the congressional term? Let's say before the election, do you think Trump gets a vote on his nominee up or down? And do you think that they're confirmed or that person is confirmed or not confirmed? I think yes, uh, for sure. I think this is all part of the plan. What perfect timing liberals heads are literally exploding exploding right now just you know taking in all of this and you know obviously they're going to be blaming trump for her death probably tomorrow um so i think yes this is all a part of the plan and uh, I, i'm really excited to see how it comes out but i think that um, it's perfect timing for that uh durham investigation to be coming out too so oh by the, the way plan. it's it's uh the name of the lady is amy comey coney brennan amy brennan is her name i'd forgot I'd forgotten that. Oh, we're not going uh, to I'm bad. I'm bad with names. It takes me like six or eight times to learn names. I don't even know Blake's last name here at this point. Blake Wally. TV's Blake yeah. Wally. What do you think? Yeah. Two questions. Is Trump going to get a floor vote on his nominee before the election? And if so, is that person confirmed or denied? I would say um, you know, the Democrats are obviously going to do everything possible to prevent any of that from happening. But... I'll, I'm gonna. I want to be optimistic and say that maybe I like that. That this is all like cleverly orchestrated somehow that we don't quite understand yet, and it's gonna uh, come together at some point. I think that would be uh, the uh, the real end, uh, the finishing touch on this uh, 2020 thing. But we'll see. I, I'm. I don't know. This is a very exciting th uh, development to see, and it's going to be um, quite an issue, and we're going to see this because the Kavanaugh thing was a train wreck. The Scalia thing was a nightmare, and um, this Ginsburg thing has been uh, strange for – it's been hanging up in the air for a, a long time now, and now it finally comes out this close, you know, this deep into the year, late on a Friday. It's just um, crazy times, but I guess I – yeah. Well, what, what do you think of Grinsberg having body doubles? I do think she's had some body doubles. I think that's fairly obvious. And there's been some photoshopped images all out there also. Um, oh, there you know what I was going to say too with that is like, you know, they just bank those photos as well. They have all those pictures and then they release them at certain times, you know, things that haven't been seen. So I think that that's a part of it too. Not just also body doubles, yeah. but backups they have going on. Um, okay, what's the other? There was another one in here. Uh, are we not going to have Dean tonight? Well, I thought we were, but Dean didn't seem to want to come on. He never really said that he was going to come on. So I guess we are without Dean. We are Deanless in Austin, sleepless in Seattle, and Deanless in Austin. So there, um, uh, yeah, I don't want to say it. there's a, a lot of uh, workload going on and a lot of projects. I'm, I'm hoping for a cameo. We'll see, but. Um, I don't know. I am. He's taking a, a much needed day off. He's uh, been very, very busy, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he uh, stops by and, and says, says hello. All right. No um, uh, you know, Q did say that she was being kept alive by very exotic means. I had another uh, source of mine, the Oracle, who told me the same thing, that they were using all these very exotic methods to keep her alive. Um, and uh, the question is, 
you know, whether or not that's true or whether she really died way, way back. So I think back in, in January is probably the truth of it. Well, there in other news, we have some stuff going on. There is a lot of people saying the sun is weird. Again, I think it's the particulates in the atmosphere that are from the fires that are causing a problem. We finally got some rain yesterday. Um, we finally got some rain yesterday here and it cleared out everything, but it's not like we're, we're absolutely back to normal again. And um, Mike Rosoft, you drink water? Really? Dude, crack it open. I mean, if Kristen was here, she'd be She'd be blasted by now. She'd be ready to down her animal. No, I was going to say, I've actually had two days of blue sky, and that is the first for a couple weeks now. So I think it's clearing out. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. And then, of course, we had this earthquake last night in California, not very far north of L.A., um, and it was big. It was big enough to wake up all my friends. I got up my Facebook this morning about 6.30. I got up to watch some Premier League soccer, and there's all these, wow, earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. I'm like, oh, I must have missed an earthquake. I do miss the earthquakes in L.A. They are kind of thrilling, kind of exciting. Anybody think that's connected to anything? I mean, we are in this energetic transformational period, so do you think about it from an esoteric perspective like that? Or do you think that it's just, you know, the earth letting loose some energy? Or do you think that they're blowing up bases and stuff? I mean, any any thoughts on that? Blake Wally, TV's Blake Wally, what do you think? Really anything goes at this point. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that five years ago, 10 years ago, but in, in 2020, nothing. You could, people could just make stuff up and I yeah, it, it could be true. So this is, uh, we're in uh, uncharted territory. It's been uh, awesome, but um I don't, yeah, it's, it's, it could be uh, any number of things, whether it's uh, underground bases or just a, a regular earthquake or there's problems with, say, the uh, magnetic field weakening or there's a grand solar minimum of the sun or there's going to be extra activity somewhere and the earth is uh, going through changes. It could be going into a fourth dimension or, uh, you know, anything that goes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 5D, they say in 5D. I've been told by a couple of different psychics that 5D, that you won't be able to lie to anybody. And I'm like, holy crap, how am I ever going to have sex again if I can't lie to girls? That's going to screw that up. And and that there's no eating. And then on top of that, there's no sex in the fifth dimension. And I'm like, why do I want to go there? <laughs> I'm staying here and drinking. And, and you know, I mean... I, Casey, you should cover Never. your ears. You cover, go ahead and cover <laughs> your ears. But I mean, do I really want to live someplace where I can't get- I don't want to live there like that. Yeah, I think the board at the same time. Do I want to live there? No, I don't think so. I want to stay here. So I always embarrass Casey. I'm sorry. It's just the way I am. No. All right, okay. Yeah. We'll put the little um, flux okay. There, so. so, okay, back to the earthquake really fast. Yes. Um, I My neighbors actually felt it. I did not. Um, I feel like we're a little far away, but I also wonder if it's because of the fires and all the heat on top of- California and maybe how somehow that's shifting, but uh, it was 8.1, what I think is what they said on the news. 8.1, uh, 5.8, I think. 5.8. It was a it was a big one. That's a big, big one. Big most, for, yeah. most quakes in the LA area are threes and twos and barely fours. That five, you know, and I remember a four a four point eight is not only seven times you know a little bit bigger than a four point one. It's like it's a geometric scale, so it's like it's like twenty times more powerful than a four point one. So yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I, was, I finally get to see a couple of those big earthquakes they had uh, last year in California because that was my first year uh, ever. That was the first time I actually experienced 
um, an earthquake. That was uh, pretty awesome because you know people are freaking <laughs> out. I was actually working in a hotel and the chandeliers were uh, you know swinging oh, yeah. and everybody's like yeah, you know, it was you know, uh, pretty you wild. Know, you know it's crazy too. It's like when all of the you know, the COVID thing was happening and people were running to the store to get toilet paper and, you know, all the canned foods and stuff. And I was really like thinking like you people live in California, we have earthquakes. How do you not have some type of an emergency? Yeah. I mean, I never did. I never did when I lived in LA and please God, let me live there again. I never did. You know, I I, never had supplies. I don't know. I've always, I I was just going to get on the freeway and drive away. I was just going to get on the freeway (laughs) and drive away and nobody else would be on the freeway. I'd be the first person to hit the freeway. Right. Yeah, LA is like the last place on earth you'd want to be. So you just you're probably not taking it real seriously um, in the first place if you're uh, even uh, considering oh, that man. you got to be somewhere cl- closer, somewhere, somewhere far away. But uh, wow, couple- Luke, Luke twenty one eleven for Michael Binch, Big Chinley, Michael Big Chinley. I like you have a big chin, Michael. Luke twenty one eleven. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Sounds really, really scary. Except that there's always famines and pestilences and weird things going on in the sky, and there's always earthquakes. But that's pretty interesting stuff. What do you guys think of that little biblical prophecy for the Saturday Night Live crowd? Again, I would say nothing surprises me. So, you know, if, if, if it was God and, and Jesus and, and Buddha and Muhammad or whatever, they all uh, came down, uh, kumbaya. It, it's um, it really uh, it's it's crazy. It's like I'm uh, just li- living in some uh, crazy uh, movie, or I'm having a dream. And it just you can't really make this stuff up. You could never go back in time and and talk about 2020 because nobody would ever believe the uh, the, the insanity. And people in the future are never going to be able to understand how people, you know, thought the way they did or how, how things really were and how people went, went along with that, uh, the kinds of things that they were, were doing. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, explanations and, and people are going to be, uh, scholars are going to be researching and studying this stuff and debating these things for uh, maybe thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amusing. A lot of my friends, a lot of my alien friends are posting memes where there's you know, a couple of green aliens sitting around with the big eyes, drinking wine, going, hey, it's Earth tw- Earth 2020's on tonight. You won't believe this shit that's going down. And I, I hear that's really what it's like. Earth Earth 2020 is the best reality show on Alien TV. So that makes sense. I believe that. That makes sense. You yeah, know, broadcast like- everywhere. It's all the satellites. They're just launching it all into outer space, and then people are picking it up. You know, I want to say on that point really fast. Like, I was... I was raised in that whole environment. And I feel like anyone who is, everyone's constantly pointing to some scripture to explain exactly the times of right now. So there's always yeah. a time that's been explained in history for that as well. So I always think, yeah, that, I've, you know. Right. I've known people that have gone through, you know, ev- evangelical periods that have been the same way. And I'm like, dude, you know, you can say that about any period in time. And, you know, as my bro Dave likes to point out, you know, if Hitler wasn't the Antichrist, who the hell would the Antichrist be? You know, I mean, he fits the description absolutely perfectly. So maybe we've already fet the, met the Antichrist, fought him, and he lost. So, all right, Candace is scolding me. So I say what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to bring Candace in to the conversation. We're going to go with a four box here. And Candace, are you there? And can you hear us? I can hear you if you can hear me. I can hear you. Can you hear any of the other folks? Say hi to Candace, Blake. Hey, Candace. How you doing? 
Hi, I got you, Blake. Good to hear Casey from you. And Hi. Casey Jones. Hi, Hi Casey. Hi. <laughs> All right, so you just, you just scolded me, um, and you're putting some interesting stuff up on on the uh, nobody in the cat, nobody in the casket personal ceremony. Do you have any comments, first of all, on what we've already been discussing? I mean, you told me I think about a month ago she's been dead for a year. Uh, do you still hold to that? Do you still think it was a long time ago that she died, and they just made the announcement yesterday on RBG? Well, yeah, she died in January of 2019, and um, you know we decoded that quite a long time ago. She was actually uh, found out um, that she was dead by the Black Hats. They infiltrated, they got her body out and they cremated her. There was nothing left. So it was one of those situations where we just came in too late. We didn't have control over that. So uh, what came after that is that they had to get a body double, which they struggled with. And finally, um, in June, they uh, had that uh, parading her through the uh, airport scene. Yeah, which was actually, actually from an earlier, it was, it was, she was wearing exactly the same clothes from a video from like two years before when she actually went through the airport. Right. And, and it was, it was very funny the way they did it because they put her on like one of those mannequin stands. I thought that was beautiful. <laughs> um, so in July, they really, actually pulled really forward this person that uh, I sent you a picture of it on your Facebook today um, that um, was from NPR and they did an interview with her and they had her sitting in the same dang chair, the same exact chair that she sat in during a um, interview that she did with uh, Charlie Rose two years ago. So that's 2017. So, and that was on CNN. And so I compared those two, I did screenshots and went in close on her face and her hands and her ears and the way she was sitting. And my favorite shot was the comparisons of the two chairs because it's obvious that that's another person. Um, the person they brought forward at, uh, with NPR was, uh, had these long legs and these huge feet. And it was obviously uh, somebody that was conformed much more like a man. So mm -hmm. uh, they, they brought that person forward. And then about three months later, uh, he uh, mysteriously disappeared. And so my theory is that they kept track of him because he disappeared probably by the White Hats. They probably came in and got him and yeah. removed him from the slipstream. And we have seen nothing of her on air since then. Uh, what we've seen is only the back of their heads and she appeared at I some event. her officiating the wedding supposedly that was pretty yeah. obviously a Photoshop because the lighting yeah. on her face was completely different than the lighting on everybody else. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was the case that they, um, they had to wait though because they're not, the White Hats are not bad people. They had to wait till this gentleman died so that they could announce her death which, of course, if they were going to have a open casket funeral, because they didn't know how that everybody would deal with this. So they just wanted to be prepared to have a body to put into the casket and somebody that they could run through so they could get a death certificate. Because, you know, this is all formalized. We want to, you know, do this in the correct way. It's a, it's a legal process when somebody dies. So it's the same thing that, you know, has happened before. And I will point out that wonderful event 
that took place uh, July 16th in 1999, where we had somebody disappear and they had to phony the entire death scene. Yeah, I want I want to say that though, because I want to look like the smart one. Can I? Can I? <laughs> it is your story, Mike. Yes. Hugh has been asked, you know, is JFK Jr. alive, still alive? And yeah. there's a debate. And I, and again, if you look at the boards, in one place he answers yes, another place he answers no. But here's the thing John F. Kennedy Jr. was declared legally dead. So, no, John F. Kennedy Jr. is not alive. That doesn't mean that a human being who was John F. Kennedy Jr. is not now alive living under a new assumed identity. So that's the that's the trick in the game there, right? So you can answer the question honestly, but it's not exactly the whole story, right? Well, you know, the whole story is, is that they had to plan it because everybody knew that... Uh, you know, he had all this knowledge base, and uh, I, I've had several conversations about this, but you know that Biden was after him. Uh, you know also that Hillary Clinton would have killed him. Uh, so yeah. it was, you know, his fortune, I guess, that he was so important. They took him into basically a witness protection program. So, you know, you and I both have studied this, but it's, it's fascinating. You can actually say that all of this is... Um, you know, going to come to pass that he'll come forward. So right, and and I do, really do think that this whole thing and the preparation, apparently, on the heart, part of the Trump administration, does indicate that, like Casey says, this is part of the plan. That this, you know, I, it's possible that they were going that the Republicans or Demo let's I hate to use Republicans and Democrats because I don't like a lot I of know. Republicans. Uh, the Trump people, the alliance, that they were going to out that she was dead. And so they had to come up with their own announcement, probably scrambling. Do you think there's any truth to that? Well, the, they knew everything that was going on is because they controlled the process ever since, you know, the fact that the uh, the double was taken out of service um, for his own, you know, protection. They don't want to see people die. So we're the good guys, right? Right. Um, and you you can pad it out however you want to. But, you know, the truth is that we do have um, a measure of, uh, uh, you know, we know everything. So, I mean, accused said that many times. And and uh, right now we've got, you know, a big red flag that got flag that got hoisted that says uh, rig for red. So everything and anything is going to happen right now. Um, and yeah. it is. And don't let me forget, in the minute when we get done with this subject, I want to ask you about the Mickey Mouse watch here in a second. But um, I, I was going to, Barry Guzik, or Barry R. Guzik says, so if it's proven she's been dead, doesn't that negate any 2019 to 2020 SCOTUS, five to four leftist decisions? And my answer to that, and I'll let everybody else comment on this, theoretically, yes, it should, because if she was not the legally appointed person making the opinion, then the opinion must be removed. It changes the vote. It probably makes it back to a four to four vote, which means I guess what? They punt the issue back to the lower court, which may give you the same result. It's also true that if it's found out for sure or revealed, because I think people know that Barack Obama was not a natural born American citizen and was never eligible to be president, then there's two more Supreme Court openings, Sotomayor and Kagan, that should be uh, able to be filled by President Trump. Uh, but I think the issue is, is are they ever really going to out that and tell people the truth? I, I don't know. I, my gut feeling is as long as they get the results they want, they're not going to tell us the truth on some things because I think it would shatter people's perception of reality. And Casey, let me just get you a quick comment on that and then we'll go to Blake. And then I want to know what 
my lovely friend Candace has to say. Casey, what do you think? Oh, 100%. It would shatter people's reality. And I think that there's going to be so much reality shattered already that we should probably just let that one go. I personally think we should just let that one go. Um, but I'm really excited to see uh, see what it's actually going to be and what truths actually do come out. So I think that this yeah. is going to be such a huge uh, such a huge decision. So I'm really excited to see how that's going to it's going to turn out. But Candace, I love everything you're saying, girl. Let me tell you that. So back in that. Uh, Blake, what, what do you think about that scenario that they're not ever going to tell us this stuff because it would be too shattering? Oh, it'd be, yeah, yeah, it'd be glorious. And uh, it would be bad uh, either way, really, because there's a, a couple of possibilities that could go wrong with Obama. So, yeah, if they did prove he wasn't a citizen and they lost two of the uh, Supreme uh, Court justices, um, I'd just love to see the, uh, the the meltdown by all of the uh, the Democrats and, and the, uh, the hacks in the media. Um, it would be a, it would be a really a fun day. They have a field day on Twitter. I mean, if we didn't get all censored, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that would be epic. And I hope they have lots of video for that. Uh, we'll be watching that for a long time. The other uh, possibility is that Obama was born in Hawaii, but his dad was actually Frank Marshall Davis. Yeah, and not yeah. Yeah, he and would be dependent on uh, the Obama Senior because. Yeah, the, the Obama uh, senior, I think it's just the same Barack Obama senior. He was like a foreign exchange student in Hawaii and apparently uh, met uh, the, I forget, Santana, right? He banged yeah. Obama, Obama, as did many other guys. So, right. Way. But, um, and Dunham, I think they lived next door to uh, Frank Marshall Davis. Like their dads, they, they were friends. Yeah, pretty and wild. So, I, I still there think there's a connection, and it was easy to just say, "Oh no, it's just this uh, nice uh, foreign exchange student that, and then he's gone." So it's like a, a good cover. So yeah, that's my like, thinking is that Stephanie Ann Dunham is actually Ava Braun's daughter. That's my opinion, but we uh, we don't know that for sure. Candace, let's have you answer the question. Um, doesn't that negate the the SCOTUS decisions she participated in? Um, don't they have to go back and be reviewed by the new court? Do you think that's ever going to happen? I don't think it matters. I'm sort of in the same camp you are, Mike, because uh, what we're going to see during the next term, everything's on hold, everything, guys, until we get to the election. So basically, all of the treason charges, everything that we have against the Obamas, the Clintons, the Brennan, Comey, everybody, um, will then be able to be processed because we are going to be trying all these people for treason and treason is a pretty dang serious charge it is a bit serious yeah and we have to be aware that that we have to do it right we have to get the right people lined up we have to bring them into a court of law we have uh to arrest them we have to unseal their sealed indictments and it has to be followed through by a jury and that is what Everybody's been in such a hurry to get things done. But I'll tell you, if we don't do it right, we're not going to come off looking like the geniuses that we have on our side. And that's the truth. So are you saying you, are you saying you don't think that there are going to be announcements of indictments before the election of Huber and Clomey and Clapper and 
Strzok and Page and all these people, or just that they won't be actually tried until next year? Or do you think that they just won't even touch any of it till next year? Well, the way that it works, and this is from our mutual associate, Mike, that uh, we can talk about all night if you'd like to, but um, is that these indictments are sealed for a good reason. And they're, they're done by a, a grand jury that sits and these are federal indictments. So they're, they choose where they want to put them because there is a 50 states, you know, you can do it in any state, but they put them somewhere near where they are sealed up and put in a safe. And then you have to go through a process where the, the uh, prosecutor goes to a judge and actually asks for a uh, arrest warrant to be put out on that person. And then there's a procedure they have to go through. They have to decide how many uh, helicopters it's going to take, if there's two or three SWAT teams that need to be employed. So uh, at that process, it's okay. So they now have an arrest warrant in their hand, which they probably already do for all those people. In fact, there's quite a few that already are wearing ankle bracelets. There's quite a few people that have already been taken in to that process. But none of this will go to a court of law until those, all those procedures are cross the T's, dot the I's, and then they go in front of a judge. The uh, document that has been sealed up, they go down to the safe, they take it out, and they unseal it, and then the charges are read. So we have enough sealed indictments in this country to the tune of 186,000 at last count that we have approximately 94 people that actually could be on any one sealed indictments. And there could be mu multiple sealed indictments for treason and sedition and everything else that are out there waiting for these people. So um, that particular process is cast in stone and I don't believe there'll be any of that that will go on that hasn't already been in process until after we get through the election until you know, we're, the Electoral College meets on December 5th, and then we uh, actually have a decision that's made as to who the president is for the next four years. So these are all cast in stone. You just don't vary from the script. And we only um, get like one chance. Oh. I agree, Candace. We yeah. only get one chance. It's got to be right. It's got to be right. That's one right. Chance, that's it. One chance to save it. Otherwise, what is it? You can only vote socialism once, right? Can't go back after this. This is a turning point for a lot of people. I agree. Yeah, definitely. This is the deep state's last chance, and they're going to do everything. They're going to pull out all the stops and do everything they can to uh, push it back and steal the election and delay, 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 because they know that if uh, Trump gets the uh, yeah re-election, it's over. Yep. They can't do it. Yeah, this is going to be not going to be like last time. So TikTok. It's going to get worse before it gets better, that's for sure. Worse before it gets better, but. Well, we, yeah, we have that chance that, you know, we're undoing 100 years worth of deep state operations. And this is not an easy task because there's so many levels. And, and you go down into the state level. And like in Montana, where I come from, is it's uh, we've gotten a lot accomplished because we're breaking up the uh, child trafficking ring that that goes from uh, Salt Lake City up into Canada. And, you know, I'm just proud as, as peaches right now to say that our, um, our 
local judges have actually tried and convicted some major players in terms of drug trafficking that has driven the corruption of our, you know, Native American tribes. I mean, this is huge. Uh, and we are the last frontier, truly, right. in terms of trying to get um, the, uh, the, the people that are on the reservation, um, uh, that they understand this process and that they have been, you know, c corrupted for many years and that they were used to uh, elect um, a senator who's got a sealed indictment behind his name um, that uh, in 2006, they, they paid for votes. And in 2018, uh, they actually uh, batched absentee ballots to the tune of uh, 10,000 that were put into play in the middle of the night and uh, elected an individual who continues on to this day to have a vote, although we can't quite find him right now. I'm not sure where he is, but, um, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of play going on here in the States. Please go to my website, uh, Frequency of the Earth, on Facebook, and then also on this really fine platform that's been started, Ruby Ray Media. And um, I have some good friends that, that built this. Um, it, it looks like Facebook, and I have two pages. One of them is the Wano uh, Saban page that has all of his old um, shows, and it's it's really a great format. I'm putting all this together for one, and uh, then uh, the DOJ site, which I have um, a contact in, and I'm putting it all up uh, so that you can tell state by state what has been going on. And then I also have a page for um, my Schumann residents. So thank you. Yes. Uh, Mike, I think you're on now. I was on, I was on mute because I was drinking. Um, or burping, actually. So, Candace, uh, you said you sent me these authentic pictures. I did not receive them. They don't appear to be on my Facebook or in my Messenger. Send them again. I'll certainly make an issue of them. Um, I wanted to move on to something else real quick, which is that Gregory Hallett, the King John of England, I think it is, has been banned from Twitter just this afternoon. Charlie Ward admitted it's all a lie. He's having a bad week, the old comment. Okay, I have one question. Who the fuck is Charlie Ward? All of a sudden, I see all these Charlie Ward videos appearing in my YouTube thing. I've never heard of the guy. I don't know why anybody would listen to him. Casey, you ever heard of Charlie Ward? Blake, you ever heard of Charlie Ward? Never. You know who the hell he is or what no. he talks about? No. Oh. Yeah, I had never heard of him either. And it was, yeah, all of a sudden he's got all his credibility. Well, Charlie, uh, yeah, Ward said it, so I guess it must be true. Like, okay, I, I yeah, it's like okay, here we go. Here's here's the pictures Candace was talking about. I'll get those up at some point if I can, maybe during a brief respite. Yeah, no, I, I'm just like so. Charlie Ward said that. Who, okay, who the fuck is Charlie Ward? I don't never know. Heard. I, I, yeah, never heard these yeah. new gurus appear out of. Uh, I hate to interject here, but um, actually, I uh, Charlie Ward and Charlie Freak are the new kids on the block. They've been working this uh, for many years, but I have been following him closely. He's a friend on Facebook now, and he's banned from fa Facebook. But his YouTube programs are really much more authentic than um you can possibly imagine he says a lot of the same things that 107 Savin has said he's actually uh very connected he and his wife colleen run a 
um, animal sanctuary down in Mexico. Oh, and they are doing God's work as far as uh, rescuing dogs and cats and even horses. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. I haven't talked to him yet because I haven't quite got that kind of, you know, okay to go ahead and, and discuss things with him. But I do think he's somebody that you should, you know, pay attention to. Okay, Christian Helwick says, I have heard of Charlie Ward. Supposedly he has ties with Q and Deep Intel. Well, I have another friend of mine who is digging into um, digging into some Q stuff and may have some interesting information for us coming up. Um, he played quarterback for Florida State 15 or 20 years ago. Different Charlie Ward. Oh, yeah, I remember Charlie that. Ward. Charlie Ward was a good player, but this is a different, um, different Charlie Ward. I'm just going to say that. Okay, so... Uh, Candice, you said you wanted to bring some guests in here. And um, we got about five, 10 minutes before we get to the really important part of the show, which is where we pick our five favorite songs of all time. Uh, are they there in the chat room? Is uh, the facilitator, is that your po person or is that my person? I don't know. Um, actually, it's just not possible. They're not hooked into StreamYard. We thought it was gonna be Zoom. So um, they're both here and I just with, uh, an amazing amount of fanfare. Have to say that um, Obi Schumann, who is now here in Montana with us, is the uh, fourth uh, grandchild of Otto Schumann, who is the one that came in with Operation Paperclip and and uh, did this research in terms of the Schumann resonance. And uh, he and I are going to be working together, and I think we'll probably just plan to have a program with him alone in a week or so. Okay. Uh, I got a lot to talk about, but um, yeah, that was, and then Rich uh, Wilkins, who I've worked with uh, for a long time now, four years, um, and he is also very knowledgeable of uh, a lot of the uh, the Q decodes. Um, we're also just, you know, mainstay players in terms of what's going on in Montana, and I, I just want to say that everybody is really tasked right now with what is the you know, Republican principle really for this country, which is that we are a republic, not a democracy. And if uh, people could engage themselves at their local level and get together and start to really do the research about what's going on, I know that it's, you know, on the coast is getting a lot of attention, obviously. Uh, you know, we have these riots going on, but um, we have some major stuff that's going on here and it has to do with the FBI and it has to do with our um, figuring things out in order to have a uh, correct vote this year. And I think really that is the highlight that we all should be looking at. All right. Um, so we may have yet another guest joining us in a little bit. But uh, this this person, the facilitator, that's not your friend, Candice. No? It is or it isn't? Uh, no. No. Okay, so it maybe it may be my friend who I thought was going to come in under the title the mechanic. Um, okay, he can't come in yet. All right, well, so um, just to the facilitator, I'm just going to say when you're ready, uh, put on your mic. So we're going to move on. Um, Candace, I'd love to keep you in the waiting room if you're okay with that, or do you want to go out? Um, I think we're going to move over to the music part of the show, and yeah. I'm getting really looped. And if any of the ladies out there would like a picture of my anatomy, I think that in the next 20 minutes would be a good time to ask me for that because 
I'm really going to be bombed pretty quick. Um, <laughs> that would is that really a prize? I don't know, ladies. But anyway, um, yeah, anything you want from me at this point, you're going to get, and it, it, up to and including that stuff. We might so, have to print those out and sell them in the yeah. in the merch store. You know, you well, know, like, you know, hey. Hey, Casey, coming soon is going to be 3D printing, you know? So. Hey, yes, exactly. My, do you want to put me in the waiting room? I'm going to go grab my notebook really quick. I left uh, on the other side of the room. So. Okay, I will okay. I will put you in the waiting room. Hang okay, on. I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab yeah. a quick drink, too. We'll be right back. Okay. Uh, Mike, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, just hanging out, whatever you need me to do. So am I still on mic? You are still on mic. I okay. can still hear there's just a couple of questions I want to address yeah. that, you know, we've asked some questions in the chat. Go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. So, We're 188 people on the stream right now. It's a great turnout. I know. It's great. Evening. Um, so I just, uh, I'm looking at a couple um, about the Charlie Ward, Charlie Freak thing. And I do think that it is um, a measure of discernment everybody should use. And, uh, you know, I can say that I have vetted them myself and that, uh, I sure do appreciate a lot of what he says. I don't agree with everything, but it does sound very authentic um, within that context. And I just hope everybody goes to his Charlie Freak TV channel and looks at stuff. There's particularly some good programs that I've posted on my uh, wall, and I'll certainly send them to you, Mike, so you can put them up because it, it is a case that we're triangulating information right now. And it's the law of threes. You know, I've talked to you about that before where we, we can really start to understand how, um, you know, what is real. Like we look at Q and we say, you know, it's like the clock. Okay. Tons of interpretations out there. I think that uh, what we're looking at is a date. And um, the date is 10-2, and it is the two hands are pointing to those numbers. And it just is the coincidence that that was confirmed by at least three other people that I talked to, and that it is the case that, um, you know, it, it sounds like we're looking at dates that are on Fridays, which is when this huge, you know, event occurred, which was yesterday, and every Friday, through to the end of October. So I would so look at the 210. You mean that's a 10 2 date, is what you're looking at? Something's going to happen on 10 2. Is that what you're implying? Correct. And that's a week from, uh, well, it's two weeks from yesterday. So that's our, our calendar is going to be because it's a great day to release information because it's, you know, what we're trying to do too is we've talked Fair about this is to look at the mainstream media and what they have going on. So it's, um, you know, um, I, I guess, yeah, it is a matter of trust. And, you know, I, I trust certain people. As Juan Osaban says, there's a, you know, a, a saying in the, in the uh, investigative business that you are known and trusted. And this is a process of being vetted and having things happen that you can authenticate that you have time with somebody time goes by you you earn that trust by what you call cohesive or you know collaboration that is honest and it just sounds right so part of the things that i've worked with with uh, the frequency of the earth is getting people tuned in to what's called saving knowledge this is another thing that juan talks about and i've 
posted it many times, and it is the process of co connecting your mind with the um, direct conduit to God, where God can actually talk to you and then, you know, with you in, in terms of determining your um, path in life and your mission. Sometimes it's not a famous mission. Sometimes it's behind the scenes. But you are led into things synergistically. And in my case, that's how everything has happened so far in my life for quite a long period of time. But I just happen to be in the right place at the right time to to find things out. And that's a very important aspect of um, these, these two sort of concepts that then work within your flow state, which is alpha brainwave state. And then you are out of beta brainwave state. And that is what Charlie Freak said not long ago. He said, look at the brainwave states, try to stay out of the agitated, you know, intense state of mind that we all live in all the time. It's where we get upset, we get crazy, we get worried, you know, we can't control our mind thoughts in beta brainwave. And if we can teach ourselves to stay out of that, then what we are doing at that point in time is we are learning this leap into a gamma brainwave state, which is a higher frame of mind, which actually then can access your 4D, 5D state of, of being, which is really the key in terms of what we can do as humans to facilitate our own ascension. Now, we just entered the age of Aquarius here, and I'm sure you're proud of that because you're an Aquarius yourself, Mike, so you should be I am, I am so Aquarius. It's like, you know, there's some people that are super good looking, some people that are super smart, some people that are super athletic. I am super Aquarius. I am, I am, loves humanity, hates people. That's me. I'm Aquarius. That's, that's uh, totally, and it bears it out for all the time I've known you, um, because you can be very quick, you know, and uh, Mercury is your planet. There's a lot of stuff going on that I, I've got to point out, too, that is, has to do with astrology. We are right now, five planets are retrograde, and we're going to enter our sixth planet uh, a week from now. And also, we have a big date on Tuesday, which is the... Uh, the uh, vernal equinox. I mean, uh, there's so much happening that it's just, it's mind boggling. The day that I suspect the president will announce his nominee to the Supreme Court, because I think according to Jewish law, they have to bury Ruth Bader Ginsburg very quickly, like by Monday. She'll probably lie in state um, soon, you know, maybe Monday, and they'll probably go bury her, and that'll be that. So it has to be very quick. Yeah, that's, uh, well, she, she was Jewish, right? I mean, yeah. Jewish law, they, is there any coincidence going on here? No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> where, where's Dean? Dean is taking the night off. I hope he's watching, but he's probably not. He's probably very busy doing some other things. Okay, Candace. So I'm uh, going to bring in K K Casey and TV's Blake Wally back um, to talk about their five favorite songs of all time. Do you want to stay around for that and put up your list? Or do you want to uh, go into timeout and come back at a later point in the call? Well, I'd love to participate. I've always, I've got a great opinion as far as music, and and I certainly uh, would like to be involved. So that sounds all right. fun. All yeah. right. So let's bring back let's bring back Casey Jones. First of all, ladies first, and TV's Blake Wally. So 
All right, let's go through any other quick questions we might want to answer right now. Maybe Dean is dealing with students at college. Oh, wrong, Dean. <laughs> uh, okay. Aurora Lou, you've been posting a lot. I wanted to give you some credit. 2020 is the Truman Show, a time for breaking of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, I always get if and of screwed up when I type on my, it always corrects my of to if. And it's like, really? When I use the word if in that context, you stupid phone. Uh, Julie sees is super buzzed. I'm getting there myself, Julie. Okay, any other quick ones? Peelback report. I don't know who that is, but she's kind of fetching and smart, and we'll go with her, whoever she is. Do you know who that is, Casey? Who is the I, I have no idea. Um, I'm almost like a doppelganger, but I do not know that person. Aquarius are masters of logic, mind, research, thinking, and being balanced. That's me. Grounded, too. So very, very grounded. Um, okay, let's just go on and see. I'll just make a quick note that uh, some people are saying I'm wearing a, a disco shirt. I think it's just a bad green screen, and somebody uh, called me out for Grateful Dead. But it's 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 the Dandy Warhols. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it's not the same quality as the Zoom on the green screen, I guess. I yeah. tried to go for the SNL. Sorry, I thought somebody said something. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, try to go. I'm all. Uh, yeah, it's not quite uh, a lot of place today, so we'll have to uh, work on the technical details another time. But it's uh, still great to be here. But thank you. Okay. I'm really good at singing really Rick Astley. Never going to give you up. No, I'm actually not, Tara. I cannot sing at all. But thank you for giving me. I don't know how you would know that either. But thank you for giving me a uh, giving me a little bit of support team uh, support on that right now. Denise Salim, wonderful person. Very strong contributor to our efforts here. Thanks, Real Deal team. Excellent show coming from Sunday, San Diego. Do you know Denise? Casey, do you know I, her? I don't. Hit me up, Denise. What's going on? We should hang out. Yeah, Here I am sunny San Diego. I love like minds. Let's do it. Flow state eight eight hertz to thirteen hertz alpha brain. Okay, love all right. It. So on tonight's musical segment, our musical guest tonight is the top five songs of all time. We we debated albums. We're gonna go with songs, and um, so I'm gonna go through each one of you, and I guess we'll start with uh, you know I know four of them. I'm not sure what I'm gonna pick for the fifth one, so I'm gonna have to. Do some uh, do some thinking here, uh, Casey Jones. Let's start with you. What is your number five song of all time? And you guys have to keep track of your own list because I'm not going to be able to remember them given my state of drunkenness uh, at the end of this. So, Casey, keep your own list. What's your number five pick for best song of all time, and why? Okay, these are definitely my current five best songs of all time. Currently, right? Because it always shifts, right? I mean, I'll it's always. always it's always, always, I mean, there are some songs that stand the test of time, but it tends to shift. Like, what were the five I, songs I take with me to a desert island? And I, and I go through ebbs and flows of just different type of music all the time. I love music. So I'm going to say my number five is going to be Elliot Smith, The Waltz 2. The, so, the Waltz 2. The Waltz 2. And this is a great time for everyone if you've never heard any of these bands, because mine might be a little out there. Uh, this is a good time to find new music. I love listening to other people's lists. That's wow. how you find good shit. So Elliot Smith, The Waltz 2 is my number five pick. I have not that. Also, I'm going to put down one more parameter, too. You cannot pick two songs from one band. As much no as I love U2 as a, for instance, I got to pick their best song. I can't go with any other songs, even no though problem. I epically love them, unless I break my own rule. Okay. Um, again, who is that again? The name of the artist is? Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith, The Waltz 2. 2. 
Okay, interesting. What is that? Is that a ballad? Is that rock? Is that uh, alternate? It's, what is it? New wave? It, what is it? It's definitely alternate. Definitely like the 90s, kind of like when all that emo-y like, you know, stuff was coming through. But Elliot Smith is great. He's just definitely one of those performance artists. And I okay. love his stuff. Very so little emo-y, had, but I love If you had to song. compare the music to another act, give me a comp act. That, what does Ooh. that music sound like? Um, Evanescence was one Dean brought up the other day. No, no, I'm telling you, my picks are gonna be a little out there, but his shit is so good, you would love it. All right, his shit. Because yeah, if you look at like Spotify or you know um, music yeah, guide, look it up. Like Elliot. similar artists, just uh, in ballpark. Okay, yeah, no, it's very intriguing. Uh, yeah, like you, I, I like a lot of uh, new music. This is a, it was a very difficult uh, challenge for me because uh, I have a lot of uh, obscure things that people aren't going to necessarily know that maybe are worthy, but I wasn't quite sure. Maybe we, so I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm not the uh, the only one that's not, uh, <laughs> cheers to all of us who aren't uh, as prepared as we could be, because I know I, was, I, I thought I was going to be really mad at myself after this was over, and I was going to be like, oh man, I didn't do uh, all these other songs that are going to come to me in the next hour after the show. But, so yeah, I'm stuck at, is it my turn yet? Because I don't want to hold anything up. Blake, because, it is your turn. You are up. What is your number five greatest song of all time? Uh, hmm. I said just currently, just FYI. I well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously the current list because it shifts. I, I mean, your your great your your list of greatest songs of all time in 1979 would be different than it is today, although not in my case because I was I'm old. So although I was only born in '86, but that's fine. <laughs> It just fucking freaks me out. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Like, I, I have you... a, I have a girl friend <laughs> who's not a girlfriend who was born in like 1994, and I'm like, I was 34. Anyway, go ahead. Wait. All right. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna well, I don't have a girlfriend, but just so you is know. it? Sorry. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna pick one because obviously, uh, this is more for fun, and we'll, we'll explore this another time when we're on the more specific parameters. But it's been real; it's gonna be fun anyway. I'm just gonna go with the Black Keys' "Sinister Kid" number five. Oh shit! I just wow. recently and saw what, the Black and, Keys for showing down. I and saw why Black do you, Keys live. Why do you pick that song? Like we want to, we want some analysis. Why do you pick that one? I think it's one of their better songs. Now, I'm not much of a, uh, I don't usually don't pick up a lot of the lyrics. Now, sometimes I do on, on certain songs I do there. Otherwise, I go to karaoke bars and, and I, you know, songs I've heard for 20 years. And I'm like, oh, that's what they've been saying all this time that I've been filling in my own uh, stuff over these years. So I'm usually more of a, um, you know, guitar guy. I like my stringed instruments. I think those guys do a uh, tremendous job. And uh, that, that Dan Auerbach, I think the Black Keys, and just Dan Auerbach in general, between uh, if I had to say there's if I had more like likes on any particular uh, songs that I have in my entire library, I would say I think I think they have an impressive collection and it keeps growing. He is, uh, but it, I'll say it's limit, limited to kind of a blues rock sound, but they're still uh, extremely good at what they do. And I did see them at the Wilt Turn. Actually, it was uh, exactly one year ago today. I got a great story about that, but I can tell that another time. But uh, I did see them at the Wiltern, and I almost got locked out. But it was their first concert in uh, four years. And so that was uh, just totally awesome. But um, I will save that the rest of the story for another time because it's a good one. But, yeah, it was, it was great to see them. 
love black keys. Okay, it's Candace, do you want to do you want to rejoin us and unmute yourself? I don't think I muted you. I think you muted yourself. Let me see if I can unmute Mike. I just did. Okay. Um, oops. Unmute. Yeah. Candace, are you there? <laughs> we're playing the uh, uh, mute. Yeah, okay. we're both clicking on the um, Yeah, I got one that's pretty obvious, um, and I'm going to show my age here. Um, I'm going with the boxer which is Simon and Garfunkel. Um, okay. And it has to do with not only the times that we're in, but it also has to do the times that I was in when it came out. So that's well, okay. where so I remind me, My sister used to play Simon and Garfunkel all the time when I was growing up and I hate them. But what song is that? Like, can you sing me a couple bars of it or how does it go? What are the lyrics at least? It's just, I am not, I'm just a boxer, though, though my story's seldom told. I have squandered my resistance in a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. Wow. Okay. I don't remember that one. I'm sure if I heard it, I would recognize it, though. I'm sure if I heard it. I yeah. Heard it. Somebody sent me that, too. And that was uh, like, I don't know this song by the title, but as soon as I listen to it, you'll recognize it. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a great classic song. Good choice. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay, so uh, thank you, Candace. My my number five pick is really difficult because I have a list and I know what my five favorite songs of all time are. And they do tend to be old school, which is just, that's the way it is. There's a lot of incredible songs. You know, they're like, like The Police, I love them. I love you too. Um, you know, they've written some songs that I think are incredible in the last five or 10 years. But I, I are they the all time greats? I don't know because my standard for this is it has to be absolutely so good and such perfection that you can't argue with it, that you like have to say, wow, that song is literally just perfect. They didn't miss anything. The lyric is perfect. The singing is perfect. The instrumentals are perfect. The drums come in at the right point. All that stuff has to be part of it. Um, and, and so as I look back on what I grew up listening to, you know, Elton John is an artist who wrote so many incredibly good songs and so many unappreciated songs. I look at I look at little songs, like a song called Harmony, which was on the back end, last song on the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album. It's an incredibly beautiful song. High Flying Bird from the Don't Shoot Me album is phenomenal. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's is the lyric. I mean, the lyric that Bernie Toppin would write on that song, a song about New York. It's just, it's just stunning. Mad Men Across the Water is fantastic song. And I go through his entire catalog and a lot of people would say, don't don't let the sun go down on me, which no, the horn section in that, to my mind, really distracts from an otherwise great song. And of course, Michael Jackson covered it and retitled it, Don't Let Your Sun Go Down On Me. Um, but it, it's like as brilliant as all that, only Blake got that. As brilliant as all that stuff is, I can't find an Elton John song, a specific song that I want to put on my top five. He would probably dominate picks 10 through 25. But my number five pick is something that I think is just one of the most perfect pop songs ever written. The drums, the bass, the guitar, the vocal, the lyric, it's In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. And I hate Genesis and I hate Phil Collins, but every time that song is on, I will listen to it all the way through and I can't stop myself. And damn it, even in a club, I don't think I would dance to it, but I would certainly sit there and sing along to it. So that's my choice for number five in the air tonight. Anybody have any comments on that or anybody have any comments on anybody else's stuff? It, 
it, it's a solid pick. That's a hugely popular song. That was like yeah. Dean's theme song in LA when I used to go hang out with them when this whole, all this craziness was uh, beginning. That was like his go-to song all the time. So I'm, I'm sorry. If, uh, well, yeah, and it's funny because, because Phil Collins was part of a band called Genesis, which was an absolute garbage progressive rock band, which means it's like four hours of fucking noise, like Rush, and totally unmelodic. And then when he goes solo, he starts writing these extremely personal songs and he comes out with these really, really good tunes that people want to listen to and sing along to. Sorry, Blake, I may have offended you by saying I hate Genesis, but um, and, he, and he's like, I can't figure it out. I, you know, I write all these simple and very personal songs and everybody loves those, but they hate my 47 minute drum solo and some Genesis song. It's like, duh. Yeah, because you're singing from right here instead of up here where you think you're really smart. Anyway. That's yeah, no. I, I I used to have the uh, uh, the studio or the how what was the name of that the studio uh, album? That, or actually, the cassette tape when I was a kid. So I could, <laughs> yeah, like, at least it wasn't an eight track. At least it wasn't an eight track. Like. Right, but uh, the only Genesis song I I think I really liked was the uh, Land of Confusion, especially when I was a kid and they had all that weird DC puppet video that they had. Yeah. That was an iconic thing. So that was like oh, a, Kristen, Kristen Helwig. Kristen Helwig. I hope Liverpool loses tomorrow. Um, I used to watch Miami Vice, great music on Miami Vice. Okay, we're swinging back around. It is now Casey Jones' turn for her number four best song of all time. I wanna say that I was uh, looking through the, the chat in Aurora Lou, I think that's how you say your name. Girl, you got some Aurora Lou, yeah. I, yeah, name I saw you, you, put, Kitty, you right? put, I love it. Uh, I'm assuming you're a girl, um, but also, Dinosaur Jr., I saw you You said that, but my number four pick, and it is my favorite right now, is Built to Spill, Going Against Your Mind. I can listen to that song for eight hours straight. I love that song. Built to Spill, Go Against Your Mind. Because if you listen to the lyrics, it totally makes sense. It's great. So shout out to you because I saw you put a Built to Spill song out there and Dinosaur Jr. So both that sounds like a challenge to me. Can we do that for charity? Yeah. <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> Um, I could, I could probably do it. It's pretty good. It's good now, 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 okay, Casey, tell us a little bit about that song. Cause I haven't heard of it. And you know, you know what we should do is on real deal media, we should probably try to find some links to all these songs so people can listen yes. to I'd like to listen to the songs on your list. Tell us, is it an up-tempo song, a, a slow song? What? It's very, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's a, more of a punk band. I mean, they've been around since like the early nineties. Um, but this, I think this was probably like in 97 was the song came out. Um, and it just says like, go against your mind, unleash your mind, go against your mind. It's just the rhythmic of like, it's basically just saying open your mind and accepting what's coming in at the time. It's great. I just, I think it just, it, it, it speaks to me at the moment. So built to spill going against your mind. The, the album is actually called, cause I thought we were going to do albums. So I was well prepared. Um, the album is actually called, uh, you in reverse. So that whole album is great. It was on one of my five favorite albums so built to spill you in reverse going against your mind you will not really interesting and do, do you guys think that an interesting candace i want you in on this too do you think that a lyric makes a huge difference in picking your all-time best songs because i think it does i think without sure. without an over-the-top lyric that you can't have a great song oh bad job that, that's one of my major uh, criteria for my list i mean if it isn't you know what I would consider poetic. It's not a song because right. just screaming at somebody, you know, with the same terminology over and over again, which is why I love that choice uh, for Phil Collins because 
that actually speaks to a lot of us because it's very what you call lyrical. And, yeah, and people you were drowning. I would not lend a hand. It's like wow, a little intense there from a little bald English guy. But yeah, anyway, um, it's interesting stuff. Interesting. interesting. Love it. Okay, uh, Blake Wally, it, you're up. It's your choice for your number four greatest song of all time. Subject to change, but as of uh, 919, this is going to be my number four. I'm just going to go with uh, Break On Through. I know Mike's going to hate this one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, The Doors. I'll just say Break On Through. Break I, On Through by I've The Doors. a Doors fan okay. for a while. I think they right, I, so, I really appreciate their sound. Yeah. So what is it about that song that grabs you, that makes you want to listen to it over and over, that you don't get sick of it? Because, like, again, I, I love you too. But I am so sick of hearing Pride in the Name of Love. I don't give a fuck if I ever hear it again. And, and when it came out, it was like, oh, my God, this song just picks me up. And I soar into the sky. And now it's like, oh, Jesus, you're not playing that again. Whereas if they play I Will Follow, which is an even earlier song from 1980, I, it gets me every time. So what is it about that door song, Break On Through, that is magic for you? What is it that makes you go? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think you uh, you nailed it, uh, Mike. I think this was a, a part of this was a, a a strategy because if I really just picked like you know my five favorite songs, everybody you know a lot of people probably wouldn't know. So maybe there's a little strategy because I do like the, the Doors a, a lot. But I mean, like the two that I kind of go to right now are like Peace Frog or you know Soul Kitchen. Yeah. But it, I mean, is it the vocal? Is it the lyric? It, what is it that makes you know, the lyrics? The lyrics rarely play a factor unless they're very obvious because I do not understand them. I, I love these the stringed instruments. I love the orchestra. I love guitars and violins and all that stuff. Um, like, like Candace hears the lyrics. You hear the lyrics. I d just don't. I just I make them up in my head until I go to a karaoke bar and go, oh, okay. <laughs> all this time. That's what, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I was gonna have a different take on uh, things, uh, but yeah, I just like the, the the doors sound. So I don't know if that should be uh, that should count or not, but um, well, if it's a song that's for you, it's yeah, it counts. By the way, I'm almost I gotta back off this a little bit, but I'm I'm just letting you know I'm drinking this Beaujolais Beaujolais Village from Louis Jadot is the um, is the winery in France. I'm just gonna tell you guys if you don't think you like red wine, start with this one. It is a sweet, wonderful. Amazing red wine. I haven't had it in years. It's cheap. It's like 10 bucks a bottle. Pick it up. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time. All right. Nice. So bougie. And so bougie. By the way, um, yeah, it's delicious wine. Um, Very Arguzic is in here with the Verve Pipe, Bittersweet Symphony. I hate this song, but my brother loves it. 151 people in the chat right now, by the way. My brother loves it. I, I come out, like, I go to YouTube, I check on my Xbox, and Dave's been playing it, like, 18,000 times over and over again. I don't think it's anything special, but Dave seems to really think it's a big song, so. Funny you mention that. If if Dean had a top five this year, he he would play that uh, over and over and over again. Because I'm a, a fan of the uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, and Dean was like, you know, Dean knows a lot about music, and he's like, oh, you know, they sound a lot like the uh, the Verve pipe. And... But he never, they actually do sound like that. But the yeah. only song he ever plays is that song, which was, I think uh, they had a copyright infringement by the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I think that song was actually, the dee, 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 dee part was actually, the symphonic part was actually sampled from another song is what I, I heard, that it's not their song. So and again, yeah. I don't 
the sampling thing. It's like, did you write it or did somebody else write that? I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it wasn't uh, as bad as yeah. uh, you know, like the Vanilla Ice thing. But uh, yeah, it was a great song that got old. Yeah, I, I suspect that would be on my brother's top five list. Maybe when we're done, I'm going to bring Dave in to give us his real quick top five. We'll bring him in here. Uh, okay, Candace Whitelight, are you still there with us? Are you still hanging with us? Yeah, I think so. All right. So number four, what is your number four on your um, I'm going with the best song that was ever written um, by the Eagles, and it's called Hotel California. Wow. Okay. Good Good call. Um, why, do, why do you pick that song out of curiosity? Again, it's lyrics uh, because it was about an event that a lot of people who came from California, and that's what myself came from LA. Um, all of us used to hang out in the bars and, uh, you know, we all talked about leaving someday, but none of us really ever yeah. could you do can it. You can check in, but you can, you can check out, but you can never leave. You can never leave. And, yeah. you know, so much of that, again, I'm bringing forward to exactly what the state is today, which is uh, that so many of us are stuck in a rut and not able to really kind of put your head above and really see the 30,000 foot view that is required with these times. So the Eagles were just one of the most lyrical. Um, you can watch any one of their programs and they are tight. I don't think there's another band that you could state has more cohesion and more ability to follow a melody and it just was such a loss when um you know the lead singer was uh died uh what three years ago now um we just are you know still mourning that uh, great event uh that uh really became the eagles i saw them live on three occasions down on the at the paramount in seattle and um i'll tell you it just uh there there couldn't be any better but they are at number four and not at number one so Number four. Okay, I I have to say um, I don't like the Eagles. I never did when they were around. I thought they were cheap and obvious and commercial. When it comes to that kind of L.A. pop music, I preferred Fleetwood Mac over the Eagles. But I have a Guilty Pleasures playlist on my phone. It used to be on my iPod. Now it's on my phone. And I must admit that there is an Eagles song on my list of Guilty Pleasures, along with Rick Springfield songs like like Affair of the Heart, which are on that list. That song is Victim of Love, which I actually do think is a great song. I don't care that it's the Eagles. I don't care that I hate the Eagles. Check that song out. It's like kind of a lover boy kind of sounding tune, but it's a great, great song. And you have to give the Eagles credit for having musical talent. Nobody sells 100 million records, give or take, including Duran Duran, without having some talent. And although I don't, like the Eagles, you know, it's interesting, Candace, because like Don Henley's voice, I just can't stand it. And a lot of people hate Elvis Costello because of the way he sings. I think Elvis Costello has written some incredible songs and his singing doesn't bother me, but other people, it bothers them. So that's a really interesting choice, um, Hotel California. And it is a classic song that has stood the test of time. My oh, brother coming in with, I guess his number five pick, Dave, is this your number five pick? Jive Talking by the Bee Gees. I would go with, I would go with, you know, Staying Alive as opposed to Jive Talking. But thank you, Dave Barra, for 
for chiming in on that. You can tell by the way I walk, I'm a ladies' man. Okay, anyway. I think that was a, that was a great I walk, I'm a ladies' man, no time to talk. What it great lyric. Yeah. yeah, they take a lot of shit, but I do like that song. Um, I struck my walk. You know what the best thing about it, the Bee Gees everybody ever said is Roger Daltrey of The Who, who I have on my top list of top five singers of all time, said some of those songs aren't so bad, but why do they sing like that? <laughs> yeah, you loved him or hated him at the time. Definitely. Hated it at the time, but compared to a lot of rap and hip hop, I'm like, oh my God, this music sounds so good now when I think about it. Okay. Um, my number four, and again, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of contenders for a spot in this top five. There's so many great songs over the years. I think I think Sting is one of the most talented musicians on the planet. I, there's a guy named Neil Finn who uh, had a band called Crowded House in the 1980s. And he wrote a song called Don't Dream It's Over, which is lyrical and beautiful. It's a, it's a great, uh, it's, it's a great ballad. And it was very popular at the time. And I, I've gotten seen Crowded House a couple times and I've seen Neil Finn separately. And he's just one of the most talented musicians I've ever seen. I think he's actually filling in for Fleetwood Mac on their latest tour for Lindsey Buckingham. And he's a great super talent. His voice is completely clean. I absolutely love him, but nothing that he does can compare to the perfection of Every Breath You Take by The Police, which admittedly is a ballad. But again, when it comes on, do you not stop and listen to it? Do you go through the lyrics? I mean, the lyrics, people play it at their weddings and the lyrics is about an obsessive stalking personality right it's like it's like people go to come up to bono and they go oh we got married to one and bono's like oh that's great because the song's all about a breakup and it's it's all about being obsessed with somebody and giving up on them the same thing applies to every breath you take but if you if you look at the the way the drums the bass the guitar the way the song is limited in certain ways it doesn't go over the top anywhere and his vocal and the lyric is so perfect so number four on my list is every breath you take by the police a classic song that they will be playing as long as they still play rock and roll so definitely I'm, yeah i'm not the biggest uh, police or, or sting fan i think he's extreme extraordinarily talented i'm not a huge fan of his voice but i that i think if i picked any police song that was my favorite it would definitely be uh that one and i do really like the, the guitar work on that one uh, yeah it, it's an excellent song andy summers did a great job and you know i think the thing about sting is is that how can you get past the winged cod piece in the movie Dune. You just can't, and that makes Sting a, Sting a superstar. Just absolutely makes him a superstar. Agreed. All right, uh, moving on. Casey, your number three pick of all time. Are you going to surprise us again? Uh, all time I mean, or currently? All time Ooh. currently. I'm going to say all okay. time slash currently. All time currently, um, yeah. Okay, and this is a toss-up between two bands that I've had on repeat on my YouTube um, just watching their uh, videos. This is going to be a, a little toss up. So I'm just going to say runner up for number three. Are we allowed to do that? I'm just going to insert the rule yeah, right yeah. now. You can, for you can talk about other songs you considered for this spot. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So I loved, and I just, I love this because I watch it every night. Um, Tears for Fears, Head Over Heels was my runner up for number three because wow, I love that song. So let I, me ask you, you like that song better than Shout, which I think is an amazing song and better than Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And why that song over the other two? Okay, because if you watch the music video, the guy that does the keyboards, like, okay, because yeah. I just know so well. You watch the keyboards and he's just like, 
he's just like staring you in the eye, but he's doing the keyboards. And for something about that, I just, I absolutely love it. I just love that part. Um, and I, I don't know, I love that song. It goes with every like John Hughes movie. There's always tear for, Tears for Fear yeah. songs. We go back to the movie. So I love that. Well, there was and a lot of Simple Minds in John Hughes movies too. Simple Minds were not a bad band. Anyway, yes. Oh, totally. Right. Right along the same lines as, a, as tear, Tears for Fears. But this one was definitely my runner up to number three, which I'll be surprised if anyone knows. It is Crystallized by The XX, which is also the, the XX. The XX, okay. And this is an older band from the early 2000s, but they are, I found their live show recently on YouTube and it is so good, but I love Crystallize and I will listen to that shit till, I, I will do that for eight hours straight. We, we can do it all, we'll do it all. But I love that, so it was my, that's definitely my number three pick. The yeah. XX, Crystallize. Oh, just real quick on that, real fast. Do you know the XX? But I, by the way, they, they do, a, um, it's a drum machine guy. He does like a drum machine. Um, and I listened to them before I actually ever saw them play live. So what I had in my head is completely different than what I, what I saw. Um, so they do a drum machine and there's the one guy who sings, he plays the bass and there's a girl singer and she also plays lead guitar and it is fucking amazing. So check out Crystallize the XX, number three pick for me. I think it's a great thing. I'm looking forward to going on Spotify after <laughs> and to check all of these out. Because yeah, I you're going to have to publish a list somewhere, Casey. You're going to have to yeah, send us a list because I haven't on. heard these songs. And, and I, if you think they're that good, I really want to listen to them. So I, yeah, I thought you were going to say Crystallize. You, or you're going to go with Lindsey Sterling because that would be, I think she, that was like her most popular song, I think. And I actually saw her at the Orange County uh, State Fair last year. Um, which was great, but I was actually at the really bad seats and I'll just tell people advice. Uh, you don't want to see, if you're going to see an orchestrated band, you want to get as close. It's, it's worth spending the extra money on. She was great, but it, it's really hard to hear. And then I saw Weird Al Yankovic with the uh, 51 piece orchestra set. It was an awesome show, but again, up in the grandstand uh, at the state fair and you can't hear it as, as, as well. But uh, anyway, so that was a, a lesson learned, but it was still uh, some fantastic shows. Dave Barrett coming in with Wonderwall by Oasis. All right, Dave, thank you for that. And Ron R says, Bruce Springsteen, Covet. I don't know that song. And I know Springsteen's catalog pretty well. I'm surprised. All right, Blake Wally, your number three pick of the all-time best songs. Well, actually, this was um, a late edition of the show, thanks to you and Candace, I think. Maybe me. Uh, we kind of just brought it out. And I'm just going to go with the, uh, was it the fifth dimension, Age of Aquarius, with the sunshine. I think it's a great song. With, with the whole extended, long song. I think that's, that's one, of the, uh, it's one of the really great uh, songs. Well, you know me. I hate the 60s. So anything from the 60s, I'm going to trash. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to ask you why. Explain to us why that particular song from the 1960s. What is it? Is it the choir section what is it that does it for you i think it's just a little bit of everything like the age of aquarius necessarily by itself is is good but when, when you the, the, let the sunshine in i think that's such a um i don't know that, that kind of gets me excited i think that's a great song i've, I've heard many times I, I never really watched the uh hair movie per se i know that was in there and i did finally see that years ago but um no i think that's a uh it's a really good one i think there's this really good vibes and i think it's just like this exciting time i think this is uh you know we're kind of entering that uh, timeline here and uh candace said we just entered the age of aquarius and i was like yeah that's such a good one 
And I, oh, I, I, I totally agree, Blake. I mean, I, I mean, think it's awesome because, and I saw the original production of Aquarius at the uh, Soapbox Theater in Los Angeles. And I went back and I looked at that information that was in 1967. And it was so earth shattering. I mean, truly that was a monument that you just brought out and brought that into reality because that's what we're going through right now. No, that, that is awesome. I think if there was any time, if I could go back in any time period, I would love to have uh, experienced all these uh, amazing bands in the, in the 60s and 70s. Hey, look, um, dude, I'm just going to tell you, most of them really sucked. They just stood there and played their instruments and sang, and they sounded exactly like the records. I love Kings of Leon, for instance, came out in the, in the mid-2000s. Great band, great songwriters. They just stand there and strum their instruments and sing their songs and sound exactly like their albums. It's really boring. It's not like Kiss or something where the whole freaking stadium is exploding. It's just, it's. But you're on yeah, drugs, it's so it's still it's fun, boring. anyways, right? Well, just stay home and listen to their records. That's that's what you do with that stuff. Candace, your number three selection, please, for the five greatest songs of all time. Okay, um, this is a toss up. And I'm going to go with a band, and it's going to basically turn everybody inside out, and it's Pink Floyd. And the toss-up is between Comfortably Numb and wishing, Wish You Were Here. Uh, one is an acoustic piece. The other is a part of their band. They're both in 432 hertz. And I tell you, you just don't get better than Pink Floyd. If you're stoned. <laughs> I, yeah. I know how you feel, Mike. That's what it's number three, but truly, I'm it is. Like thousand, so okay, all right. Yeah, I have to respect. You know, Pink Floyd is. I have to give them the credit where it's due. They are one of the greatest bands ever, and they have some of the best albums ever. But when I was thinking about like the like the best songs, I, I couldn't really think of like one particular one that that stood up. But I mean, they're they're all good choices. I'm just I've never I can't call myself a, a Pink Floyd fan, although I do greatly appreciate them, and they probably would be in that one of my top albums if I had to go to a deserted island someday. All right. Well, and we're going to be doing albums maybe next week. Okay. Now it's my number three selection, and there's a lot of great songs out there i mean there's a whole bunch of songs in the list dave barra likes cashmere by led zeppelin that's his third favorite song great song if if, if aliens landed cover. yeah if aliens landed on earth and came up to me and said what's heavy metal i would say okay there's a song called cashmere by led zeppelin play that because that's the first heavy metal song ever that's what fucking heavy metal sounds like um, and there's a lot of other choices. There's so many great bands that have had great songs. Um, yeah. Smells like Team 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 Spirit. <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine is fucking is garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I didn't like and that. The '80s era bands are well, except for Bringing on the Heartbreak. That's a that's a great song. Bringing on the Heartbreak. Pour some sugar on me. So yeah. I can't go with any of those. But the song I have to go with for number three because I got my top five and I knew who one and two were right away. Number three is by one of my favorite bands, U2, and it is the song. And there have so many great songs. There's a song on the Joshua Tree album, which actually is not on the album. It's a B-side on a single, and it's called um, it, it's called uh, "Walk to the Water." And when you listen to it, it's like you go, "Oh, okay." So it starts out with a little guitar. 
Oh, that's perfect. Oh, and here comes the bass line. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, and here's Larry's drums. Oh, that's perfect. And and here comes Bono's vocal, vocal, and that's perfect. And the lyric is so passionate and intense. And there are several songs like that on Joshua Tree. And the one that I'm going to pick is also from that album, and everybody knows what it is. It's With or Without You by U2, which has got to be one of the all-time greatest ballads ever written, even though it's not really a ballad. It's like a medium tempo song. But if you listen to it, like, okay, here comes the drums. Here comes the bass. The bass is perfect. Here comes the guitar. The guitar is perfect. The guitar is doing shit that's never been done before. How does he sustain that note for that long? And then here comes the vocal. And Bono's vocal range at that time was up and down and all over the place. And he goes from very deep to very high. And then the intense passion at the end. And it's just one of the most perfectly constructed songs I have ever heard in my life. And I have to give it number three on my all-time list because it's absolutely, absolutely perfect. You can't cite a single flaw in that song, just like every breath you take. You can't cite a flaw in it. There's just none there. So that's my choice. Respectable. Yeah. Great album, too. That's like one of the all-time classic albums. Uh, yeah, very Actually, I don't think the album is all that, all that good. I think there's three or four songs on it that I would just throw out I never listened to. Mothers of the Disappeared and, uh, you know, um, Bullet the Blue People like that song. I'm like, okay, we can keep it in. But there's other songs I would just totally throw out. And the B-sides. There's a song called Luminous Times, Hold On to Love, which was a B-side. There's a song called Birdland, which ended up being um, another song. They finally, 20 years later, they recorded... A lyric, they put a lyric to it. It was an instrumental and they released it. I forget what, but it's better. And then, um, and then A Walk to the Water are all better songs and then at least three of the songs that made the album. But having said that, you've got In God's Country, you got all these great U2 sounds and songs. And again, with U2, Beautiful Day comes really close to making a list because it's this soaring melody that you just can't resist, I don't think. But on the other hand, um, it's not as good a song as With or Without You. So it has to go yeah. there. They were just huge back in those as days. They they just owned that that area there. So yeah, very uh, great band. Dave Barra likes "Golden Years" by Bowie. I don't think I'm on top of that one. Uh, I recognize. I like a lot of Bowie, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I like a lot of Bowie, but if I had to pick my favorite Bowie song, it would probably be something obscure like "Station to Station." Not any of his hits, which is a phenomenal song and it's like 15 minutes long, but it's uh, it's not something I would really take with me to it, a desert island. Okay, um, Casey, your number two pick for the greatest songs of all time for the moment. Well, I will just say, it's like, that's hard to follow up because you just have that shit so analyzed. Uh, and I'm just like, I love this song right now, so I'm picking well, it. I mean, you understand, I've been listening to that song since I was like 27 years old, which is a while back now. So I've kind of thought about it. why do I like this song so much. And it's not yeah. really that. There's actually other U2 songs that are on my playlist ahead of that one. But I, I, I realize it's because I got sick of listening to it. But that doesn't mean it wasn't literal perfection when it came out. So that's how I look at it. Right. I love it. You're, you're such you a good Acknowledge dad. that literal music, perfection. Like Candace, did, like Candace did with Hotel California, when it came out, now I'm sick of it. But when it came out, it was literal perfection for what they were trying to accomplish. I absolutely love it. I love it. Okay, it's so good. Yeah, gonna... I used to work in a piano bar at uh, New York, New York, and they used to play that song every night. And then the uh, one of the piano players would, would play the uh, the guitar solo on a kazoo. It was actually uh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> wow! Wow! 
it was it was good it, yeah it was uh brought down the house that was always one of the uh, really cool bars in uh, vegas yeah. all right casey you're up your number two choice two. number two okay and also with this one i also have a runner-up and it's just because i'm just i'm in on it at the moment uh my runner-up is going to be queens of the stone age autopilot because it's just a drug song and it's fun and i like it you can just drink too and it's fun so i love that one at the moment um, but my number two all-time pick, which is also a B-side, I can say, is going to be Interpol Specialist. So that's another one. Special table. No, I like Interpol a lot. You love Interpol? I love it. Okay, right. Do you know they, they would dress up in suits and they would go to their clubs and they were young guys, but they want to look super professional. Yeah. They kind well, of came up after the strokes and like they're kind of all in that New York it, scene. It was kind of a, it was actually, it's kind of a late 70s, believe it or not. Uh, David Bowie's Thin White Duke era um, song a tune called, you know, it's New Romantic era where you had Spandau Ballet and Duran Duran came along and Roxy Music. And then Interpol was in that same vein, but came along during the resurrection in the 2000s of that Love sound. It. And and so they were, it was great to listen to them. Like, oh, people are making music like that again with a little bit of synthesizer. Uh, Shining Toy Guns is another example. There's a, yep. a guy that used to be a friend of mine before he found out I voted for Trump named Coyle Girelli, who had two bands, The Shevin and uh, Your Vegas. And if you can pick up their albums, absolutely pick them up because it's that same vein. I've heard Your uh, Vegas before. I've actually heard that name. Yeah, so, yeah. And they're really good. So it's like Love. if you like that. And the Killers kind of did it, but the Killers kind of took that sound and turned it into show tunes, you know. Very much um, so. Yeah, but, but also, I, I also on YouTube, you can also find a good live show from back in the day when they were super good and they'll play that whole album, but they play Specialist and that's my favorite on there. See, it's another thing you can watch live I, music because we can't, don't have any live music venues and that's like one of my favorite things to do. So I'm just yeah. living like through YouTube live music right now. So and, and, that's, and that's we can't we can't unfortunately play snippets of these songs on here or we'll get hit with right. a copyright thing. So we'll uh, post them. Oh, David, I kind of kind of broke my heart there because I, I I love Queens of the Stone Age and I used to listen to uh, I don't know if it's Caius or Kius or whatever, whatever they are um, plus these other spinoff bands like that Mike the Crooked Vultures there's, there's a whole bunch of uh, he may, they make a ton of uh, great uh, music and I, I love their sound they have a, a great collection so definitely I don't I don't, don't want to mess up his name either like Josh jo Josh Holmey but also yes. he's married he's married to who we were gonna do female rockers but I wasn't let here. He is also married to Brody Dale of the Distillers, which is a really good punk band, and they have kids and they all have red hair. So I love Josh Homie for sure. So, anyways, a little back. Yeah, he's awesome. Right he's great. Yeah. yeah, Brody Dale, she's good too. Distillers, so side side. Yeah, note. check that side out. Yeah. I have to exchange uh, Spotify lists. For sure. Well, I guess we have to make a playlist, is what we're getting some requests oh, for. Yeah. So that's fun. All right, number number two. Okay. So number two, yeah, Blake Wally, your number two of all time. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna go with um, "My Sweet Lord" by uh, George Harrison. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Also, another, he's so fine. Um, by the, he's so fine by the Shirelles. Same song, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like something. I mean, it's it's on my playlist. I um, it it is a fantastic. I I've never had like an issue with it. Like, oh, I gotta skip this one. It's amazing. It's it's uh. Some wonderful uh, artistry. It's uh, so kind of we're going for the uh, the good vibes too, but I think that's uh, definitely worthy of a, of a top five pick. Definitely. 
any any other elaboration on that one or well again i'm trying to play the more uh people songs that people would recognize per se rather than some of maybe my own like personal favorites and you'd be like who no, are they or... your personal favorites too that's me i was like but you know what that's how you learn new music right like you that's i i love that when i hear different interviews of people and they're like this is my favorite band i'm like what the fuck is that i gotta look that up so I'll say Phoenix, Freebird. I danced with the hottest girl from high school at my 30th high school reunion to Freebird, and I ended up picking her up. So finally fulfilled that fantasy. Wait a minute. Talk about good Candace. vibes. Good vibes. Candace, what is your number two greatest? Uh, I have a wonderful one, and and Blake, you are divine because you led into this perfectly well. Uh, George Harrison, who I just absolutely am, you know. He was my favorite beetle. Uh, but this is by the Traveling Wilburys. And the Traveling Wilburys is a band that came together briefly. And uh, it was Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison, who actually died right before this uh, song came out. He was uh, a part of it, sang on it, but he wasn't in the uh, MTV yeah. video. And of course, uh, Tom Petty, Petty. who... Uh, we really have to go to the end of the line. And Tom, you know, Candace, just real quickly, Tom Petty, uh, in like 1981, Tom Petty was in town in Seattle playing at the Coliseum or something, one of the big venues. And I used to hang out at this, this club called Astor Park, and there were some great Seattle bands then called the Heats and the Cowboys. They were new wave rock and roll bands. They were awesome. They were fantastic energy. Total shame they never got a national record contract. But Tom Petty comes in, right? And so we're at this table and he ends up sitting next to me, right? And he was so coked out. He was so gray. You know what he looked like? Somebody said it to me. Somebody said it to me and I stole his line. He goes, he looks like a piece of cigarette ash that you could just shatter by just flicking him like that. He was so stoned. I am stunned that the guy made it into the 21st century because when I saw him that night, I thought this dude is going to be dead in a year. Just, just a little side anecdote. But anyway. Well, that was his bad period of time. And that was know, a rough period. Yeah. I think in the end, knew that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, must have damaged his heart. Anyway, go ahead. But awesome pick, I gotta say, uh, Candace, because that was uh, one of the ones when I was scrolling through my list. I wanted it. That was uh, one of the top ones. Uh, Traveling Wilburys are uh, awesome, and I didn't even know uh, it had been like twenty years since I had even heard them when they started coming out with these uh, new like radio uh, apps like Pandora and and Spotify. And I'm kind of like discovering all these other long, you know, these lost songs and all these obscure songs that you just don't play on the radio because I just play the same like you know 50 songs over and over but uh yeah tremendous pick there was just so much star power in there and uh yeah excellent song great pick it's a great story too Blake because um it was a it was just they came together just synergistically just off the cuff I mean they all ended up meeting at Bob Dylan's place and somebody uh had well George Harrison had to return a guitar to, uh, you know, to Bob Dylan because he'd borrowed it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jeff Lynn shows up and Roy Orbison. I mean, what can you say about the man, you know, but the, the force field of all of them, they finished one album and then they, they started in on a second and then it just was the end of it. And it was all, it was kitchen, you know, sitting down at the kitchen table. There's a actual, uh, 
you know, documentary there that uh, explains it all. And it, it's just a, you know, it's one of those moments where you just say God came into them and, you know, took over their spirit and they, they made creation. They just created every track. I mean, there's some really odd ones, but uh, every one of them are good. So yeah, I agree. Thanks. Yeah, fantastic. And Roy Orbison had a, a voice unlike anything other. I don't know, it might have came from the uh, fifth dimension. It was uh, pretty uh, amazing. Yes. Um, okay, guys, thank you. I was always out of the Beatles. I always liked John Lennon the best in his songs. I think Instant Karma is a great song. Um, I hate Imagine, but I, I loved Instant Karma. So, well, you know, what ruined Imagine was a uh, good old. Um, Oh, yep. what's her name? His wife, yep. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of shit. So, yeah. Oh man, that just—it was a bad yeah. time. And then, of course, he was shot. You know, that was anyway. So. Okay. Every time I bash Rush, I lose twenty viewers. Okay, I just can't stand them. I'm sorry. I just—that's just the way it is. I just my—I never went to a Rush concert. My brother Dave did, though. He said it was like—he said the whole concert was like. He said, "Imagine." somebody taking a dull bandsaw to a clump of metal an inch away from your head as fast as they could that's what rush sounded like to him and i yeah to, i was i never got the uh the concept either i never got the, the tom sawyer thing that was always a, a terrible I'm a, I'm I'm a melody guy rush was very unmelodic so yeah i think they were kind of cheesy i mean they did have like one of the most talented drummers in the world and i guess right. they do I have mean, a good I song i don't grudge yeah. anybody their fandom yeah. Absolutely don't. Oh, yeah. Not for me. Not yeah, for I just me. wasn't a fan of the guy's voice. And uh, but yeah, they're they're cool. I want to hear some of the B sides because I've heard they do have some other good music, just not the, the right few that they play on the radio. So you know, there's a lot of great songs I like in the 2000s. There's a song called Pyro from uh, Kings of Leon. I mentioned earlier. I really love. There's um, a whole bunch of KOL songs I really love, and and they could be in there. Your Vegas songs could be in there. Um, there was actually a very obscure band um, called Clear Static who had some great songs I loved out of LA that opened for Duran Duran in Vegas one time. There's Roxy Music songs, Love is the Drug is a brilliant song. But um, when I'm getting down to my last two choices, to me, they're completely obvious. And again, I hate to go old school, but has there been a more interesting, bizarre melding of different styles? than Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I mean, literally, if you watch the scene in Wayne's World, it's unbelievable. It starts out with this slow piano thing, kind of Elton John sounding by Freddie Mercury. The vocal is amazing. Then it goes into the opera section, and then it goes into the pure hard rock out section at the end. It's just a masterpiece of creation, and it uses about five different musical styles. Now, I will tell you this, there is an honorable mention here, which is from the 1980s, which is Gray Matter by Oingo Boingo. And if you haven't heard that song, it's incredible because what you listen to is there's like seven different instruments in that song and each one of them is playing a different tune. And it's only when you put them all together that it makes a coherent song. If you listen to them separately, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. So that's an incredible song. Bohemian Rhapsody is the same kind of song, but the elegance of the creation of that song and how it just takes you from the slow part to the middle part to the fast part and just blows you away at the end and everything is perfect. Brian May is one of the most unique guitarists that's ever picked a guitar up. I mean, he, he basically played his instrument, his guitar with 
uh, English coins, sixpence coins and things like that. And that's how he got this bizarre metallic uh, sound. And I just really think it's um, it's a phenomenal song and it has to be number two. Even though I don't listen to it very often, I it, it's got to be there. There's other songs. There's somebody mentioned Thin Lizzy on their list. I think Jailbreak is a phenomenal song. I think they have other songs that are better, but I just can't really top Bohemian Rhapsody except for one song. So I got to go with that. If you have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody, the film, watch it. It's really interesting, except that it completely cuts out the harsh reality of rock stardom in the 1970s, which was full of drugs and illicit sex and a lot of things. And it's like, it's like, how can you make a PG-13 movie about being a rock star in the 1970s? It's You can't, but they do. It ruins the movie, but there's a lot of amazing stuff in that movie. Listen to the song, and uh, that's my choice for number two of all time. No argument for me. That I think if you're going to pick the top five songs of all time, it is a, a very worthy pick. It is on my list as an honorable mention. Um, I don't think I was that familiar with that when I was uh, until Wayne's World absolutely made that thing explode. They nailed that scene and just it became the ultimate uh, popular song again. And now it just continues to live on. Now they made the new movie. Uh, also, quick note, uh, good on the Oingo Boingo reference, because Danny Elfman was a musical genius. He does a lot of like really good soundtrack music. Just watched um, Beetlejuice last night. Just watched Beetlejuice oh, last yeah, night. Oh, yeah. He does soundtrack, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, he has a lot of good. He does good. It's funny. Go to YouTube. Casey, get your, hub out. Get your hubby out. Put that song on YouTube. Listen to them play that song. I dare you not to dance to that song. It's impossible right. not to dance to that song. And when you really listen to it, it's like six or eight different instruments, and every single one of them is playing a different tune. But somehow it makes a song, and it's just like, oh, my God, I cannot get over that. But it didn't make my list, even though it was incredibly creative, because I just don't think it. everybody's going to appreciate it. But I just thought, wow, that's a phenomenal song. So, yeah, Oingo Boingo, highly underrated group yeah okay. danny elfin is yeah one of the, the greats oh, no, of course. Say, nobody can do that yeah he did the simpsons theme he's done a lot of uh, musical scores soundtracks he's a really phenomenally talented guy let's hope he doesn't end up on the pedo list okay casey jones you're up you're the first to go with your number one song of all time you're taking it to the desert island along with your five movies you can't ever listen to any other songs than these five songs what's the number one thing you're you're taking with you Okay, so this number one, even though I said everything else is currently, this number one would stand number one always. And also, this is a band that plays tons and tons of different instruments and makes it all work somehow. My husband absolutely hates that part of it, but I love that part of it. Um, I've seen them many times in concert recently, just in January when they came to San Diego, and that's going to have to be Modest Mouse Dramamine. Another wow. one that's out there. But you're, you have the most avant -garde. well, <laughs> because you're younger. It's because you're younger and you're obviously in a different no, music. Modest Mouse is you, from the early, like maybe mid 94, but they're also from Montana. Yeah. And, uh, and I also actually have a tattoo that represents Modest Mouse, uh, their best album, which is Moon Over Moon in Antarctica, which I have the My Birth Moon with Antarctica. And that mm. is my tribute to Modest Mouse. They are my favorite, favorite band. And that is my absolute favorite song. And I will listen to that for eight hours straight. So. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, that's not a really song and very avant-garde series of choices. Love not as well. All right, Blake. Yeah. Very indie of me. Sorry. 
yeah. no, I, I appreciate the pick. I'll have to check that out. I actually have Modest Mouse on the back of my uh, Black Keys concert T-shirt because apparently they opened for them on one of their, yes, on their tours. I was there. I was there at one of the tours. I have the bag. I got the shirt. I got the poster. And they also had a skateboard deck, which I collect the posters and skateboard decks of a lot of different uh, bands. And I have that one, too. It is fucking amazing. It's great. I love it. The rocker, I just want to say Hotel California was on Candace's list. So Candace yep. killed with that one. Yeah, uh, for Okay, Blake Wally, your number one song of all time that you are taking on the desert island with you. You can't take any more music than this. Well, um, I guess I'm uh, committed now, and I'm just going to have to go with it for that for now. And I think it's a it, it's a fantastic pick. You can't really go wrong, and that is going to be uh, Fortunate Son, Creedence Clearwater Revival, one of the classic Americana. Wow, a very American song. Why, and, and okay, so again, why that particular song? Out of all the Creedence songs, why that song? And out of all the other songs you could have picked, like London Calling by... by uh, oh, they have, yeah, they have so many good... Yeah. No, they have a ton of great uh, music, so it is really hard to pick, you know, Run Through the Jungle or... Um, I don't want to... I get seen the rain there's, there's a bunch of stuff i don't want to like butcher all the names but they are a uh, they have an impressive uh, catalog but i think it just kind of seems like this whole like uh this is patriotic vietnam i think some of the best music was from the uh and you know the, the war music of the 70s so Definitely. you have an appreciation for uh uh classic rock although if we did a different top five maybe i would you know switch to something a little more modern but uh that, that certainly stands the test of time as one of the classic uh, americana songs fascinating okay candace you're up turn your mute button off what is your number one song of all time that you're taking with you on the desert island or the alien mothership to go visit zeta reticuli <laughs> and the rest of your days there what do you take well, this is a very appropriate. It's called American Pie by Don McLean. Oh, yeah. Old school. Will, old song. school, but I mean, I could play it a thousand times because it is, again, it's all about the message, the lyrics, and it is so appropriate for what's going on right now. You know, we're going back to the future here, and this is this is why everything exists because you know we're going to have to erase a lot of this agitation and i'll tell you there's nothing like a good guitar and a and somebody that has a nice voice so that's my choice for number one the only that, guy ever had don mclean he was like the golden earring of the 1970s all the golden earring had one hit were one hit wonders in two different decades so good for them with twilight yep. zone and radar love go ahead Blake. Yep. yes perfect yep exactly uh well, yes, yeah, the Don McLean, I think that is kind of considered maybe the best song of all time. I think if you look at it kind of like Hey Jude or um, yeah, uh, American Pie is one of those. I love the song, but I actually probably have heard it a thousand times because, as I said, I used to work at a uh, piano bar uh, in New York, New York, and Vegas, and that was always one of the uh, the big songs that everybody wanted to hear, and it was always this long, it was, it was always amazing, and it, it's just, yeah, it, it really is a masterpiece. Great pick. It is a masterpiece of 1970s folk rock, for sure. That's for sure. Oh, can I make one more quick announcement? Yes. Uh, I, I did get a, a little uh, announcement. Somebody handed to me. Dean just wanted he, – he's not going to make an appearance, but he did want to 
present his number one pick. And since uh, I think it's a good segue on this one while we're on it, and that would be Bob Dylan, Like a Rolling Stone. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not here to... Uh, it's very Your movie list, Dean, but okay. All right. Um, no, it's, that's interesting. You know, um, movie list. Okay, thank you, Dean. In fact, Dean should make his own uh, choice too. What would be great, and I know this is probably going to be really difficult because of copyright issues, is if everybody's lists got posted somehow or linked on on um, on Real Deal Media, and you could go and you could click on everybody's list and um, pick whichever list you thought was the best. Listen to all the songs if you haven't heard of them, and a lot of you haven't. And then vote. So let's try to do that on Real Deal Media. I'm just giving you and Dean and uh, our web girl a new task. No, so. I think it's a great idea. We do want to set up like a music section. And yeah, if people could go listen to that so we, we can't play it, obviously, for the copyright reasons, because that would be a lot of fun to hear some of Casey Jones songs and, and hear stuff for, <laughs> for the first time and then have another vote on. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I'm curious. I've never heard any of Casey's songs, so I'm really curious about it. So It's good. It's good. It's good. You just but, check into it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Let's say, for Dean's defense, Bob Dylan is uh, one of the greatest uh, songwriters and musicians of all time. In general, he has, yeah, it, it's, um, I don't want to, this He's also, uh, he, he can't so. sing. Dude, he can't sing. There's also a good Literally, documentary. I a lot of people don't like yeah, his voice, but he's, uh, yeah. The songwriter. only thing I have, to, yeah. I have to talk about um, Bob Dylan because <laughs> this is a, a quote from, uh, Juan Osavin, you know, he's one of those that actually uh, signed a deal with the devil. And uh, he did, he said it in an interview where they said, well, how did you get to the fame and fortune? He says, well, I, I, I made a contract with the big guy upstairs and they said, oh, with God. And he goes, no. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, this is, this is the only thing about Bob. And I would say, everything is perfect about him in terms of how he lived and how, what he did, you know, and what he contributed to the music world. But I, I do have to say that it was in connection with the traveling Wilburys that I actually like him as opposed to his solo career. So anyway. All along the watchtower, but by uh, yeah, Jimi Hendrix, of course. But um, yeah, he, that was uh, another song. He he wrote a lot of good music. So to his credit, not everybody you know, likes the style, but okay. Well, I mean, all along the watchtower is a good song, as it's been covered by several other bands. It's it's a good song when other people cover it. His but version. Is nobody touches Jimmy on that one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, my pick, the last pick the number one pick of all time. I can't believe I've been left to this. I can't believe this wasn't on everybody's list. I, I mean, this is a song that when you take guitar lessons, it's pretty much the first song they ever teach you. Uh, because if you, can master, water, if you can master this song, you can play slow stuff on the guitar. You can play medium stuff on the guitar you can play a six string guitar you can play a 12 string guitar you can play an incredibly fast powerful chord driven energetic guitar you can play the greatest guitar solo of all time if you can master this song you're a guitar player and if you can sing this song you can sing in a deep 
quiet range. You can sing in a high-pitched, super energetic range. You can deliver the punch to the audience. And if you can listen to the lyrics of this song, you're listening to this incredible, phenomenal wordsmithing coming out, this poetry coming out of the mouth of this incredible singer. And how all of you guys could miss that Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin is the greatest song in human history, better than Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. I, I don't even know. I don't know how you can miss that. There is more depth and variation and layers to this song than anybody can even imagine. Did you know there's a synthesizer in there? People don't even know this. There's actually a synth, an electronic keyboard in there that's like layer upon layer upon layer. And uh, again, if people, aliens landed and said, what does rock and roll sound like? I'd say, okay, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Just play that and you'll get the whole thing. So I don't, I just don't think there's anything that can compete with that. And I mean, I hate it. I'm so sick of it. You know how many fucking times I've had to listen to that song on the radio when all we had was radio? I mean, literally in Seattle, when I grew up, I'm you're, up, you're getting stoned, you're driving around in the car, you play, turn on one station, Stairway to Heaven. Oh, fuck that. I'm sick of that song. You turn to the next station, guess what they're playing? Stairway to Heaven. You can't get away from it. It's like the scene in Wayne's World where he goes to the guitar shop and the sign says, no Stairway to Heaven on the wall because everybody's sick of it yet every two or three years after not playing Zeppelin forever, for two or three years, it comes on. I see it. I watch a concert. I hear it. And I'm like, fuck, that song is literally fucking perfect. So that is my choice of the greatest song. Let's call it the rock era. Let's basically take it from the 50s to 2020. It's it's a rock era. We have a rap and hip hop now, which really isn't rock. But I, I just don't see how you can ever have a more perfectly crafted song than that one. And the lyrics loosely based on some Tolkien stuff, but yes. no. I mean, just, and a lot of people say, Oh, it was, it was given to Robert Plant by the devil. And that's why he was, I don't know if that's true or not. Might be, it might not I'd like to hear Candace's opinion on that, but you can't deny the virtuoso mastery of that song at every level from the drums to the bass, to the singing, to the lyrics, to the melody, and especially the guitar. So that's where I'm at. That's my song. I'll, I, fight, I I'll fight anybody who wants to I, argue. Yep. No, I was about to say, I, that is the Trump song because I, I wouldn't put any of my songs against that in a head to head battle because I know I'm going to lose, even though I have a, a, a solid lineup of, you know, my own apparently but yes that is a masterpiece led zeppelin is uh, one of the great and if you're going to do you know top albums of course um yeah they're right up there they're one of the greatest bands uh period ever yeah casey have yeah. you ever heard that song oh yeah you know what i was gonna say is like we every time i go through the mojave desert going straight to the sierras i play led zeppelin that's just a, a part of that 395 drive going straight through the portal is what we call it so i always listen and, to led and again go through there and again, no matter how many times I've heard it, it's like The Godfather. When I watch it, when I see it on yeah. TV, I just start watching. I can't stop. When I turn, I flip the radio station. I hear Stairway. I can't stop. I have to let it go all the way through. Oh no, I can't miss this. I can't miss that guitar solo. I can't miss that <laughs> screaming at the end. I can't miss the very subtle Stairway to Heaven thing. I just can't miss it. So, Candice, nice choice. Candice, you got any final comments? 
we know a whole lot more about you, Mike, than we did earlier. I mean, okay. you're a great drunk. I, I'm just going to tell you that right now, that I am absolutely in love with you. <laughs> you know, I love you too, baby. You know what they say? And this is really important, and I found it to be true. Alcohol makes you more of who you really are. If somebody pretends to be nice, but they're a mean drunk, stay the fuck away from them. Don't marry them. If somebody, when they get drunk, gets nicer. I used to hate John Elway. I hated the quarterback, John Elway. And this guy told a story, and he said, you know, he goes, when you take John Elway out, when you're on the road, when he's a football player, quarterback, he said, you put some alcohol into him, and all he does is talk about his wife and kids and how much he loves them. So it's like, thank you for that, Candace. Uh, when I drink, I become more of who I am. I guess that means I'm a good guy. Look at Casey. Look at Blake. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. And um, that's a great way to tell the, the, you know, the true character of somebody that you're with. Put a few drinks in them and see what they see what they end up like. Yeah, so yeah. To a certain extent, it's not not too far. Not you know, not like a, a Vegas, uh, <laughs> you know, four a.m. blacked out uh, type of uh, shenanigans that they uh, right. They have they have curfews in other uh, states for, but um, I get to yeah. see a lot of uh, in, in Vegas. That's my twenties there. Uh, you know, both behind the bar and uh, partying. Uh, it was a good time, but uh, yeah, it, it can get. Uh, well, I feel, I feel bad I only got through half of this bottle, but I was getting really smashed, so I had to stop. Um, Very proud. Ivy Phoenix wants me to tell you a dirty little secret. Okay, I got... These are my tattoos. See my tattoos? Um, that's God, by the way. I got, uh, I got this Masonic tattoo, and I'm not a Freemason. Literally got it. it I'm not going to tell you how it happened, other than to say it was Vegas, it was a YouTube concert, there was a limousine, there was a lot of champagne, and a stripper involved. That's how it happened. Literally woke up the next day with a Masonic tattoo on my, and don't know how I got it. But uh, tattoos That's are how it happens. That's a crazy town. I, I, yeah. <laughs> As as it's I don't know if that's very dirty, but I'll, that's the best secret I have. Okay. Um, one more time. I'm going to uh, wrap this up. Uh because we've been on for two hours and people must be getting bored with us by now. <laughs> um, if you don't mind, uh, actually go to realdealmedia.com and pick some things up. And don't forget to um, make your contributions to uh, paypal.me. It's actually oh, the capital P, PayPal, both capitals. Uh, Mike Barra. And please, I can use your contributions, your patronage. It really helps. It helps Casey. It helps. Well, it doesn't really help Casey because I'm getting the money. But we're pr producing new products for the Real Deal Media website. I could use the, you know, we can always use, each of us can use the individual contributions. Dean and Blake got very generous donations to Operation Relocate, and they're going to be able to relocate. Thank you guys so much. I hate to, to shill for money, but it really, really does help us pay the bills, keep the doors open, keep this thing going. And I hope that we entertain you and inform you, which is what we're really here to do. We're really here to, here to inform all of you and um, keep share you aware. And share new what, music, always, yeah. right? Share some, and share something new, always. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so Blake, real quickly, uh, any last words? Casey, any last words? Candice, any last words? We have any, uh, I don't know, uh, any, like, um, what do you call it? The uh, supplemental picks, the, um, what's the word for it? Honorable uh, mentions. Honorable mentions. 
Oh, honorable mention. Yeah, thank you. Um, sure. How about uh, Green Onions by Booker T? Classic. But there's no, uh, there's no lyric or there's no. So I, I kind of uh, cut that out just for that reason. But Magic Carpet Ride. And oh, I really wanted to uh, say Redemption Song by Bob Marley, especially after Candice uh, was 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 mentioning um, about the great lyricists and the vocals. I think that's a a terrific song. Um, yeah, Bob Marley. We definitely need a honorable mention for that, Blake. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Casey, any final words before we sign off and let you get on with your Saturday night at home with the hubby and the kids? Do you yeah. Do you have dogs or cats? I have cats? two dogs. I have I have Iggy and Sydney, named after Iggy Pop, and uh, Sydney named after Sid Vicious. So I'm I'm all about that uh, music. Davey's life. have a cat named Sid Vicious. All right. Yeah, That's I love thing. it. Before you finish, I completely forgot to mention any Sex Pistols songs. Bodies. I the only pro, the only anti-abortion song I think ever written by a rock star. Fantastic song. Anarchy for, in the UK. Um, God Save the Queen. I'm one of my favorite bands of all time. Go ahead. We got. We have to do genres like one time. Like we got to do like a punk genre, reggae. Genre, yeah, punk it's and, so hard to narrow it down. Punk and all, alternate, alternative and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But I'll go with my honorable mentions too. Um, Pixies. Can't forget the Pixies. Surfer Rosa is like the best ever. Um, and I love the Yeah Yeah Yeahs another band oh yeah and a lot also, of people like them yeah i love them i actually saw them at a uh, coachella in 2007 before coachella was like an actual thing a big thing and um guster i love everything guster satellites like one of my favorite songs i listen to it's like a camping song for some reason it always comes on when i'm camping so reminds me of camping guster so those are my those are my faves i'll post these um and we should definitely post them on realdomedia.com we should do a playlist something so let's expose people to new music kind of gets to you know know us our personalities and what we're into and uh you know yeah. find some new music because if you're into it's music a, like i am i love finding new people's playlists. it's a little side benefit that the yeah. real deal report audience never thought they would get like yeah, yeah. No, yeah, speaking of that, there is a uh, section that we're we are building behind the scenes right now. It's uh, it's called we'll call it the artography section, and there's going to be a lot of different uh, cool stuff that we're going to have little collections, and one of them is going to be a uh, music collection, which I've just uh, calling for now uh, the eclectic and eccentric uh, music collection because I have uh, weird issues with wordplay, but um, yeah, but, but, yeah, I think it's a great place for everybody to have their own little music stash and people sure. can go vote or enjoy new music. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Not yeah, not the same stuff we hear on the on the on the radio. Sounds really cool. Candace, you have any final words for our lovely listening? Uh, I just want to say I, I'm really happy I was a part of this and Casey, you totally have a presence that is uh your aura is just absolutely profoundly beautiful. Um, and Blake, you. you are like totally right on. And I absolutely loved your choices. Uh, Mike, I'm always with you. I love the conversations we've had. And uh, I uh, really would like people to come into Frequency of the Earth, which is a Facebook group. And just put in the uh, answer to the questions line is that uh, Mike Barra sent me and you're in, and we do a tremendous amount of work. Um, 12K people are involved. One year we've been uh, around, and I wanna teach you everything there is to know about frequency because the statement is, everything owes its, its existence solely and completely to sound. Yeah, yeah it's, go ahead, Blake, sorry. 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, on a, a subatomic level, yeah, it is really comes down to like, yeah, the, the vibration and the, the particles and um, yeah, it's a whole level, different level of physics and it's uh, very uh, interesting stuff. And uh, it's great to have you, Candice, because I've, I've had, uh, Mike has had you on the show a couple of times and it's been great stuff and we, we uh, it, was, it was really uh, great to see you uh, show play with the music uh, game today. So thank you. And, and great choices also. Thank you. It was great. There is a there is a, a pattern of thought on physics that basically everything in the physical universe is interfering waves, trans transverse waves, longitudinal waves interfering in the upper higher dimensional ether of light and sound. That's all everything physical is, is the light and the sound hit each other. The sound lowers the vibration, creates solidity. And here we all are. That's everything that's going on. It's fascinating idea to think of candace thank you for being with us thank you for joining us it was wonderful to have you um candace uh, white light in montana blake wally in austin texas hopefully soon to be somewhere else casey jones in san diego california and i'm mike barra from the cantina in tatooine it was great to have you guys here we'll be back on monday morning with another episode of the real news on the real deal report and we'll see you then have a great sunday enjoy yourselves and i'm maybe going to try to drink the rest of this wine on sunday thanks love you guys love you you've been listening to the real deal report come see more at our website realdealmedia.com